Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Saturday, 11pm until 2am. Exclusive to Manchester Radio Online. All the latest movie, TV and entertainment news. Don't forget to check out our website on www.starburstmagazine.com.
must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. I can't get no relief. Manchester with love. This is ManchesterRadioOnline.com. And welcome to Starburst Radio, this lovely, really quite sort of sunny, summery Saturday. 
And I'm joined in the studio by some guests this week because, as you may know, if you've been listening to the show for some time, Chris, my co-host, the news editor of Starburst magazine, a veritable backbone of the show, is away this week. And he is in Las Vegas. This is the second Saturday. Last Saturday, we had Brian Gorman, who is a playwright and writer, author, big on the scene of sci-fi and TV. And he did about 10, 15-minute segment of his play, Every Man, based on Patrick McGowan, The Life Of, and also the Prisoner television series, which went down quite well. We had a lot of positive emails during the week saying that it was a good performance and they enjoyed it, and that was really good. So this week I have had to have a think and think, who can I get to go on this show. Now, my co-host this week is Mr Steve Wilson, and Steve actually introduces and he's the host of, with his beloved wife, uh, good almost wife, it's a fair comment that, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I always think of you as a couple, no matter what, and it can't <laughs> get any deeper. And uh, you have, well, <laughs> you have a show... The SP on Sundays. We do the SP so, on Sundays between 10 and 12. And we sort of have a slightly unofficial reciprocal arrangement. If it, it involves some um, polit political nutter that will have a go at some of the extremes or uh, anything to do with movies or something like that, I'll go on his show. And when it comes to music... He comes on mine, and that is because he is very, very big on music. He has a recording studio. He's been in very, quite a lot of bands, which um, I'll leave him to tell you about in a second. And he, he also uh, he knows the score. Plus, there is a link here. We are into the world of movies and TVs, and his partner is none other than Dawn Acton, the original Tracy Barlow of Coronation Street. So. He's, uh, he's got insights into that world as well. He's a bit of a uh, proper Manchester guy, and everybody knows him. And today we've also got a guest, and he's a very good guest to have on because he's currently um, the general manager. He's looking after and ensuring that the safety on future of the Fab Cafe cult television movie theme bars in Manchester is safe. Um, that's a bar that I was involved in and, and helped create. So I have a vested interest to hear that it's doing well. That's really nice. So he's on tonight. He has a lot of knowledge. So hello, Steve. Hello, Graham. How are you doing? Good evening. So Steve Wilson and Graham Reese, the uh, general manager of Fab Cafe. So Steve, um, yeah, tell us about your show on Sunday. On Sundays, we do a show, which is a topical show. We usually do stuff on, um, I mean, last week we did it on um, urban exploration and psycho um, psychogeography, which is exploring your local environment. That was last week's show. Um, not quite sure what we're doing this week. We're a bit up in the air about a couple of subjects, but we'll be on air tomorrow, and uh, it can be a bit of a surprise between 10 and 12. I know I keep saying between 10 and 12. I'm plugging my show on yours, Mike. It's not a problem, <laughs> that. that. That's absolutely to be expected. <laughs> absolutely. But, uh, yeah, are you enjoying the show? Is it going well? It seems to be going absolutely fine, yeah. We seem to be getting a few emails. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a steep learning curve, as you're probably well aware. I am more than familiar with this steep learning curve, absolutely. No, we're, well, at the moment, we're trying to get a magazine off the air and this radio show. Which is something I'm hoping to speak to you about in a short while. I'll be happy to discuss that. Yeah, so so uh, Mr. Graham Rees, um, tell us tell us about Fab Cafe then and, and what you're doing there and what, what, what uh, I'm not going to go on about it. I kind of know it quite well, yeah, obviously. I mean, uh, I mean, I know you were involved way back in the uh, 
the beginnings of time, a galaxy far, far away, etc., and all that. Um, 1998, actually. Okay. <laughs> it's not that bad, is it? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm currently uh, managing uh, what I consider to be probably one of the, the finest establishments in the UK. Uh, it's, it's Well, got, you're on the greatest radio show in the universe, so it's a good place to talk about it. Good company. Yeah. It's, it's, it's got everything you'd want. Uh, nostalgia, it's got... Uh, Great sort of uh, props, movie posters, and uh, a memorabilia. We've got a Dalek as well, yeah. yeah. And uh, I might be slightly controversial here, but I actually prefer our Cyberman. I think that's. Didn't I think that's better. <laughs> Didn't there used to be an Ice Man in there Debatable. as well? There, what happened to the Iceman? I can, I can the door. tell you about that, actually. That, that Ice Warrior was there. Ice the Warrior, sorry. I, I so yeah, uh, bad I, of me, that, of course. Well, I picked the, the Ice Warrior. I see Iceman is from the X-Men. That's, yes, that's I know. I, I, knew, I knew there'd be a yeah. full power well, of sci-fi. Ice-Man, isn't he, really? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so you know, on that score, the, uh, the, the Ice Warrior, he obviously featured heavily in Doctor Who and he was a prop and we just picked him up I, I got him while we were running around getting all our memorabilia because the, the first fab got destroyed in the IRA bomb in 96 so we were left with a few items but we needed some big pieces so no that was available and I drove all the way down to London and picked that up but he then stood proudly on the door of the fab cafe and got chinned by every single student that left the premises I'll be honest, I don't think it was the chinning that actually led to his eventual removal. Um, we, we, we ended up eventually having to get rid of him because he, he was literally getting molested on a daily basis. Uh, I think he's gone somewhere <laughs> for some... Uh, now, you know, I don't remember him having that particular region to I, interfere with. He was as smooth as an action man. I thought he was. I remembered <laughs> but, um, him that way. But, but, but it, it still didn't stop people trying. Uh, Bless them. God Indeed. bless them. Right, well, today we, we're going to be looking at the usual news. We've got some things to come, which is our section where we look at the news, and then later on we're going to be looking at some movies, and the it's only a movie section. And then we'll be having our bone of contention. The backbone of tonight's show, the bone of contention is music, mainstream music. Is there too much of it in the modern cinema? And we will be having a three-way debate on this, and I'm not sure where I stand, and I'm going to have a long think about this throughout the show, and then we'll we'll have it out and, and get to the bottom of it. But yeah, news this week, the big news, which is, is quite strange, is the uh, Sinbad movies, if anybody remembers the Sinbad movies yep. from... Uh, they, they, they sort of like 60s up so wasn't it? Yeah, you, you've, got, um, you've got the three of them uh, that, that everyone remembers, which are the Golden Voyage of Sinbad, the Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, and Sinbad and the Eye of the Tiger. <clears throat> yeah. And they, they, they were separated by many years, and unlike like the Bond films or anything else, this, this character was uh, obviously a sailor that dealt with the fantastical back in the day. And they were good. They were good. I mean, they, the special effects by them were done by Ray Harryhausen. If of any of you out there have seen uh, all these films, there was a, a whole host of them. Um, you started out with the Sinbad movies. He did stop-motion animation with lots of interesting um, stop-motion characters that would have fights. Any, anybody well, who's the, seen... Uh, uh, the Skeletons this, is probably the most... Skeletons and the then most Cyclops. Iconic, yeah. yeah, Cyclops the, the, was this, another one, yeah. The Skeleton yeah. battle in Jason and the Argonauts to, is um, iconic, and, mm. and he did that. And the, the guy who produced it is Charles Schneer, so he had a double act with those films, Charles Schneer 
and I hope I pronounced that right, and, um, and uh, yeah, obviously, Ray Harryhausen. Now, Ray Harryhausen actually did a show at the Lowry about five years I ago. I remember that. I, yeah, I, I, I went to see it, and he's, he's getting on a bit, but he's still, you know, capable of telling a lot of good stories about the day. But, but yeah, the last film he did was about 1981, and he did Clash of the Titans, and... Which yeah. was way, way better than the, the, the remake. Yeah. They, they, that was an absolute <laughs> atrocity it compared was. to that film. It really was. So it was an fair, atrocity. Sam Worthington, he did, he did have an effort at stop motion, I felt, throughout the film. Sam yeah. Worthington needs Ray Harryhausen to animate her. <laughs> That's the only way that that guy's going to get anywhere. But hey, you know, he's, he's still making movies. And everybody seems to like him. I'm, I'm not alone, am I, in that? Guys, I mean, you've seen, you've, I don't know, have well, you seen uh, Terminator 4 and not Clash of the Titans? The, the sort of films I avoid, in fairness, that sort I of, understand. Um, well, when it gets to fours safe. and fives, I'm not interested. He's very bland, though. If he's bland and safe, people My go for word, it. he's That's bland. Uh, he, he's astonishingly bland. But yeah, the, the big news is that there's a new Sinbad film being made by the nephew of Charles Schneer, the, the, producer who, who made the others and it's out in 2012 and it's called Sinbad Rogue of Mars so it's it's obviously updating it it's not a reboot it's wow, not redoing it and all that well well I mean you could get away with a reboot now that's what's really weird yeah. because they're actually deliberately making it a sequel to these other films that you've seen all them years that the, the real bank holiday films if you see oh, what yeah, I mean I that's a watching. genre in itself a bank holiday movie yeah, is, uh, is, that, is that still a genre though, man? Because does that still exist as a genre? Yeah, bank holiday movies, uh, Bond yeah, films, are Bond in films, there, these, these films. Sounds yeah. a little bit odd without your dad snoring. So There's Bond a soundtrack with it. It's yeah, kind of a what about up and stuff like that? The sort of animated. That, um, well, that, they sort of the bank well, holiday. We have to, we, six week got holiday to movies. Wait and see. What? Well, well, you know how this happens. There's no rocket science to it. They put them on on at one bank holiday. It gets great ratings, and they just keep repeating so them every, the every year. So railway children for you, is it? Oh, are you referring to TV bank holidays? Yes, yeah, TV oh, bank I'm, holidays. I'm, I thought you were referring to the movies as in... As well, in the well, they're both, yeah, yeah. They're both hand in glove. I mean, you'll go on a bank holiday weekend, they will release a film at the cinema that they want maximum family mm. coverage. They won't release, bother releasing an 18, but they'll release a 12 or a PG or a U. Yeah. And they'll, they'll do that. And then equally on TV, you've got all the classics on. And, and it's what becomes a classic. Jason and the Argonauts and James Bond films and, and these Sinbad films, they, they are bank holiday oh, TV, you super. know. And uh, and that's it. So, Coming back to that, I mean. So it, what do we think? I I've got the poster here, the poster for the visually impaired. Yeah, that maybe maybe watching this show. The uh, it's it's got a it looks like a crashed not normal ship, a wooden ship crashed, but it looks like it's crashed into a desert on an alien planet. And then in the background, you've got all these other planets and stuff. So it it's clearly an old wreck of an old nautical wooden ship crashed onto an alien planet and it, it's it, quite a good it's poster. reminding me a little bit more of time bandits than sinbad yeah, actually two things i love about it is one i've always loved the whole um space sea yeah sort of allegory thing where it's you know it's, well jim roddenberry yeah. got that when he did he it's, did star trek yeah. and he did it the it his always, plan was it's always worked yeah. and it's genius it's, wagon it's, train it's, to it's, the stars it's incredibly you can, simple but it's, you but can it's 
And I yeah. love the fact they're using... Is that the old original font for Sinbad? Or have they updated no, that's that No, that's the new. It's, oh, it's, okay. it's kind of how, what I think about these things. You, you take the old one and then you slightly tweak it a bit, yeah. but you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. But it certainly evokes the... Uh, yeah. the uh, but what I was saying there, I didn't want to confuse people by uh, saying that the Gene Roddenberry thing was he basically took, oh, these wagon train expeditions where they, they'd be out there and he turned that into Star Trek and a lot of people have taken these these nautical explorations and, and they are kind of like Starship Absolutely. expeditions, aren't they, where they go and well, find another planet, I mean, you know. It is exactly that. There's just very just much a nautical feel about Star Trek, isn't there? I mean, with the Massive, captain's log, it starts it, off with the captain's log, it, it starts... And well, the USS Enterprise. And yeah. the whole, the whole um, thing is very much a nautical. And, uh, and, and, and quite a hammy captain. Obviously, Kirk was, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I was reading something today. Sorry to to, to go off piece just for a second. It was about. um, It's come out that uh, I think Jonathan Frakes was asked a question about uh, a Star Trek series that he that he put forward. It got turned down. Yeah, you mean the one that starred him as the leading guy on the ship, as the captain of the Titan, and all the stories revolved around him. That one, you mean? Quite probably. I'm but, not being judgmental. But apparently William Shatner and Brian Singer had also had yeah. shows to Out of them, out of them, Brian Singer is the only one that that wouldn't have been the oh. hero of the actual show. Can can you not, I just find that amusing. not for all the wrong reasons, <laughs> say that you would love to see a William Shatner penned Star Trek I series? I wouldn't mind seeing it. I just, I just, <laughs> he's obviously just too old now, and you've got to bear it in mind that, that the, these things... Um, you know, you, 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 it's time has passed, and from what I have got, um, you, what what I've got on my mind about it is that that uh, he he doesn't take the passing of time well, William Shatner, and and he's not that happy with the new Star Trek. He's not that happy with his own body at the moment. I should imagine. <laughs> no, no, he was good in Boston Legal, though, to be fair. Oh, he's, he's, look, he's, he's, he's an all right guy. You should read his autobiography, though. It is, it's, it's so um, unbelievably... Uh, yeah. I, well, but back to Sinbad. Is yeah. it going to be... Obviously, it's not going to be stop, right. stop motion. Well, that, well only, I'm just going to yeah. say now that, that, that Ray Harryhausen, he was quite tired and, and he was getting on. God bless him. He's, he, he, he's not wanting to be doing that now. Of course. And I don't think that look... And he, he actually, in a talk, said, look, my... I may have given some building blocks for some people, but where things are at now, my work is not that appropriate. Which is fine. That's not a problem at all. So, so what we've, what you're dealing with is where we're going to go. Are we going to have a new guru who comes up with some interesting way of doing model effects and all that, or are we going to be dealing with the usual? I think now we're into the. The genie's out the box. Because, believe me, I have forward. no wish. I have no wish to watch another Clash of the Titans remake. And and if he did, if this was a Sinbad where all that magical stuff's done with computers very badly, then yeah, I I, I would dearly dearly love to go back to the period between Ray Harryhausen finishing in about mm. eighty one and sort of the back end of the 90s to mid-90s, just as CGI began to take over from, right. frankly, brilliant, brilliant model-making. Yeah. 
I love models. It's just... I don't know what you... Th- do you mean... I don't know where you stand on this, Steve, but when you're watching a show, and it's it, sometimes if it's bad CGI, it can look like a cartoon, but even if the film is really terrible and you see special effects and there's a model on screen, yeah. it still looks quite good. I think there, is, there is a movement in the industry. I mean, I was, I was watching a TV programme about this particular subject, and there seems to be a movement within the industry to they have actually realised that to over-CGI something mm. does actually put the audience off. And they do want to see models. I've been in that audience. Yeah, yeah. Being and I have off. as well. Like, yeah. When something's over CGI'd, the sort of, um, you know, the walking a dinosaur sort of period when we were doing all that, where you can still see it a little bit. Oh, yeah, but yeah. even now, when you can't see it almost, I mean, it's, it's seamless. Yeah. Well, look, it actually, I, like, I like good you, use of it. Yeah. I like good use of it. And my, but, my problem is this: I, is, do, I do get that that you can't stick a you can't stick a little cardboard spine on a lizard and film it and say it's a dinosaur well, anymore, you know. I think that has its place as well, but that's mainly uh, laughing and pointing. Like but what, what I'm actually referring to is that there seems to be a movement within the industry, from what I can gather, where there is a sort of thing where they have realised that they do like to have models yeah. as much as they are. So yeah. th- th- there's a sort of there's a happy medium there but that, that actually makes all right. good. I'll sign on board that yeah. any day. Right, for example, Tron, that any day. Tron Legacy, the recent Tron, yeah. Tron film. Fantastic use of CGI. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you, you will not hear me say... Well, as I say, I know that. you've not seen it yet, guys, but Sucker Punch, and there's some yeah. bad reviews out there, but I don't... I, I've it, been slightly them. put off by the, ad, the, the trailer for that because I of the CGI, I weirdly enough. No, the CGI is beautiful. The film is beautiful. It's CGI artistry. If everybody did CGI like that, I wouldn't have a problem. It's it's lovely. I mm. mean, even things like a little dirigible catching fire, and you go, "Wow, that looks how it's supposed to look." And and they they did it well. But I've I've been watching other stuff. I mean, my little saga with with Twilight, which will get, which is part of the first issue of the magazine. I'm writing a column on it, so I've I've ended up having to watch them. And the, you won't believe the CGI in that. Film. Well, those three films. I managed to actually. last about half an hour of Twilight, and I, and I hate to say because I'm I'm not a person to to berate some something if I've not seen it. Yeah, but I could not. That's why I watched I it. Could not That's why I watched it. I've it. got um, to write. I'm writing a column on it for the magazine, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get on with that. Which um, brings me on to we just had an email from Ace. Um, hi Ace, how are you doing? Um, yeah, he says get your link sorted out on the Fab website, Graham, uh, which is a link to Mike's magazine. Um, if you want people to write for your magazine, apparently the link's not working on the fab I website. I was under the impression it was. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. <laughs> I, will be, uh, I get the impression that to the, uh, relevant people first the relevant web morning. guy will be getting yeah. a, a bit of a kick up the. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, I'm sure that Michael sort something out for. Um, I think you can go to yeah, the um, yeah. Starburst website in fairness, yeah. can't you? Yeah, you and can. And just yeah. Sub, sub, yeah. Um, submit. Oh, right. or, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, no, um, I I know what's happened here, because, but I'll tell you how I know, right, because the um, the situation where um, where it, it, what's happened over the last week, and I'm aware of this because we're doing a website, obviously that's part of the the big resurgence of the uh, Starburst magazine. The uh, the actual. Uh, problem at the moment is Microsoft have upgraded to Internet Explorer 9 and it's caused a load of problems this week. Oh, so really? They're working on that round the round the uh, round the clock, yeah. So um, 
That's that. I think it's what. So you're having a few issues. Okay, oh yeah, right. yeah. I think Microsoft might be uh, have a hand in this. Not that I'm sticking up for him and his his website there, but I just I'm you're aware an inadequate of website. Site well, what guy. it is, it affects. I believe that the new <laughs> Internet Explorer. <laughs> yeah, the new Internet Explorer does not allow Java to work. But I'm sure uh, Graham, I'll have a look at that can you website. See me, you can see me zoning out as you speak. Can't Listen, you? <laughs> I, I fully understand. Listen, we've got. Well, what kind of wraps it up on that? We're hoping it's going to be good. I want to make just one small point, Go two on. seconds, in complete con contrast to Steve and its relevance to tonight's show with the Sucker Punch trailer. Yes. I still haven't seen it. I need to see it. Yeah. All because I love, like say, the, the visuals, but the way they married to the music yeah. in the trailer was sensational. The, the soundtrack. I have been playing some tracks off it. I played some last week, and the soundtrack is beautiful. The, set, the, the, the whole lot. It's not everybody's everybody's thing there are a lot of people who are going to be going oh this is just a big music video and all that well you're missing the point right you are missing the point and that's my point that's that's where i'm at with it the the soundtrack's great we were playing cool. some of it and white rabbit there's a great cover of the jefferson airplane um I'm track a big on fan it. of that song so it's absolutely it's fantastic can i ask you something though mike i mean yeah. this this we'll get onto this a bit later on I understand that but yeah. was the were these recorded especially by the artists for the film yes they or were. were they plucked yes, they just were. just from no, the publishing company just for the film these. well that's i haven't got an issue with that yeah. sort of thing because that, that means the artist is actually thinking about what so they're going to put towards the film to get into or the this. director yeah. has decided right i want these songs in the yeah. films and i want these artists well, to cover these our songs bone of contention will really yeah. will really get into this because they, that is a big issue now uh, we do we we are going to play a couple of tracks as well from a new album this week obviously every week we try and bring you the latest and some preview stuff and there is a new version of the tron legacy album out and it's called tron reconfigured and it's by some mates of uh, daft punk they've come along and remixed some of their stuff from uh, from the album are they called daft, really are they called daft mod no no, oh, no, Daft no, Rocker. No. no, 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 it's a load of different people. Oh, even Paul Oakenfold got on board with oh, it. Oh, right, okay, He's done yeah. one. There's a few of them. So we're going to get back. But the way, big thing, there's some more news. There is another sequel on the way, and I'm really unsure about this one. So we'll get on to that right after this. Oh, I wanted was a sweet distraction. For an hour or two, I never intended to do the things we've done. Funny how it always goes in love when you don't look, you find.
And welcome back to Starburst Radio at Manchester Radio Online. And just before the break there, we were discussing the movie Sinbad and the remake and whether it's worthwhile and the news that, that it's going to be out in 2012. You were just listening to a, a track off the new album, Tron Legacy Reconfigured, and that was a remix of the Daft Punk music for the uh, soundtrack, and that was done by Moby, a track with Son of Flynn. You're also listening, quite curiously, to uh, All Time High, which was the theme from the Octopussy film, the, the Bond film, and that was... David Arnold's James Bond project that was the a great album it's an album that he did a, many years ago and he he covered all of the great Bond film uh, Bond film uh, tracks and and it was it was a good album he, that good in fact that he now is the the person that they all go to for the Bond movie soundtracks he's done about the last five of them no he's uh, he's great really like David Arnold stuff yeah um, he's, he's good isn't he I, I mean he, he's he was a student of John Barry really you can tell pretty his much. use of horns is, is, is very Barry-esque yeah it's kind he, of, uh, that was his, his his big his big hero in life so yeah just before we went for the break we were about to discuss the next bit of news and that is the the new Bill and Ted movie, Bill and Ted 3. It's obviously Ooh. not got a title yet. Um, apparently, it, that Keanu Reeves has got the script. He's reading the script. He's been deciding whether or not to do it. Um, the, the, the buzz is that it's about four weeks away from uh, final draft, and he seems to be up for it. Now, they've not mentioned anybody else's involvement in it. Um, apparently, it takes place later on after Bill and Ted's bogus journey. And uh, they were supposed to be making this song that saved the world and this yeah, film. Well, All I know is that this film um, is the story behind it is that they didn't get to make that song, and obviously things are not are not that great. Right, so it's like an alternate parallel. No idea. I just it, it could be that they uh, they have to do one other thing you've got before some that song gets problems. done. You've got. Obviously, George I can think Carlin, of some well, immediately. Well, yeah. yeah, but you've got George Carlin who played Rufus is no yeah. longer with us. Sadly, yeah. great. Is that going to be a massive problem there. in the respect of is that character necessary in a, re, in, a, in a third one? Well, Rufus is fairly integral. He's the mentor. He's the uh, he's the guy that well, shows Bill and Ted the way and how they go into. He's it. Splinter, isn't he? Yeah, uh, in, in the Turtles, I mean, he's younger in Star him, Wars. But I'm and just a massive fan of George Carlin, so yeah. I'm sort of. But, but, but I mean, comment, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I want to. Uh, can I mention the big, 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 monstrous elephant in the room? The huge elephant in the room. Well, they're a bit old, aren't they? <laughs> well, I'm just reading here on on, um, on, a, on a website that they're, they? they're both. I think Alex Winter, who played which one did he play? He was playing Bill. Bill. Preston, Bill, Bill, Preston, yeah, Bill Esquire. Esquire yeah, yeah. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was born in '65, so that makes him what now? Forty-five, six. Forty-six. Forty-six. Dude. Forty-five. I mean, that's not old in movie terms. I mean, people get loads of roles, but they don't play teenagers play, who, who, who mean, do yeah. valley talk. They and, clearly uh, do not. They're not going to be playing it, themselves as, as teenagers. This will really, really be an older version. You of know them, what, though? You know, the more the more I think about it, it might work if they're sort of dropouts and they're sort of living in a flat together or something. it's a really mm. dystopian future for, for Bill yeah. and Ted and when I say dystopian I don't mean fantastical sort of Blade Runner-esque like I'm talking about they're sat on their asses watching yeah. television eating yeah, yeah, pizzas and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. both work at the uh, local spa or yeah and then they, and then they get a sort of have well, you seen that movie about the band um, what's it called um, at, at 
Oh, oh uh, I know the one. Um, Anvil. Anvil. Yeah. Have you seen that, Mike? About I've the band not Anvil. I've seen that. Well, no. It follows a band about who used to be quite massive in the sort of um, uh, mid to early to mid eighties, and all, all the yeah. contemporaries bands went on to become massive, such as Bon Jovi and all this. Yeah, of course. This is, yeah. this is a real documentary, by the way. So I imagine the Bill and Ted. It could be like Anvil. Yeah. That would you be see. great. Wild Stallions. Wild, well. wild see, Stallions see, I, could be I, Anvil, be, you know. I, I, it probably might be a good way of doing it. I, I, I mean, let's face it, if you think about Wayne's World, they were not, like, 19, really, were they, when they were doing that show, and they were... They, but they that, were supposed to be slightly younger than they were when they really. <laughs> well, Garth was a bit quite easy. He was like wrinkly, wasn't he, Garth? Yeah. But they got away with that for two things, amazing writing and great performances. Well, yeah, Keanu. He's not the best oh, well, actor in the world, is he? So he looks great, but a bit, a bit dense and a bit thick. And and oh, he, he'll pull that off, he, all right. He, he'll be okay with that, won't he? He's actually supposedly in 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 the real world outside right. of celluloid. Supposed to be a really quite intelligent. Right, you seen Johnny focus. Mnemonic? Yes. Right, yeah, right, Stephen. Johnny Mnemonic. Johnny, not Mnemonic. <laughs> no, that's Freudian <laughs> slip. That Johnny Mnemonic. He basically was a mental courier. Where imagine we've got to a stage where you, your brain is in our hard drive, so you can just you have a port. There that's right. And you yeah. can put information. Yeah. You'd be a courier, and you'd take information. And I'm and I, I all the way through it, I was thinking, well, can't they just slip in the gag that yeah, um, yeah, he was erased pretty early on in the film. <laughs> I mean, he did act like a formatted hard drive, and. He, it might explain his acting performances in but these films. Too geeky would that have been like Fat Thirty Two well, or uh... possibly? <laughs> oh, he's definitely not NTFS or whatever it is. The new, the new one though. So yeah, well, quickly moving on, we've got another bit of news. Yeah, this this new Wolverine film. Um, I, I, I went on you. about this uh, a couple of weeks back, where I found it amusing that Darren Aronofsky. And again, I'm going to just point that out. Have He's a drink off. and say that word, say that name. Darren Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky. Aronofsky. Wow. Okay. You know, the guy makes great films. And basically, he was on board with this, and it was going to be the Wolverine. And if anybody's not familiar, there was a period in the comics, he goes off to find himself, and he has a time where he gets named Wolverine, the Wolverine, because of his time in Japan. Yeah? Okay. So, so... It's a story about that, and it's actually quite an intellectual one, and they thought, well, this will be a good film, and then Darren Aronofsky's on board, and then he gets Hugh Jackman on board, and then gets Hugh Jackman to gain about, uh, best part of about three stone, because he said you're not quite big enough and bulky enough and fat enough, and you're quite thin and look a bit Clint Eastwood for this, and I want you to look quite wide and all that. Feral. Gets him gets him to go through three months of putting loads of weight on and all that, and then has a little meeting in a coffee hut where he says to him, oh, I'm really sorry about this but i've decided to move on i'm not doing this film now and poor oh, hugh jackman's got his free stone extra and uh, no director and the next guy that comes along guaranteed will go no i like your dead fin in the other ones what's go what's going on with you and uh, well they've still not got anyone to sign on do, it have do you reckon There's he no didn't, just didn't like him i i just think it's a great thing <laughs> to do to somebody defense, he had, i think he's <laughs> Wasn't he, he was engaged or married to Rachel Weisz and they, they are no longer... Well, look, look I'm not, I'm not going to... I Daniel just find Craig, it... So. I find it funny. Oh, that's funny as well, I'm assuming that Aronofsky's not going to be doing the next Bond film. Dar da Darren Aronofsky. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm thinking he probably won't be. I'm, I'm you know, I, I understand that this... I mean, the last Wolverine film was Abhorrent. one of the worst... Well, for me, it was $140 million budget and it's the worst load of crap I've seen in, in years. I mean, it was so uh, funny I used to, have to watch school, it. It was so um, rubbish. You know, remember the BBC Electrons? 
Yeah. And then uh, Acorn did one for home. I had that. I have seen better graphics. Yeah. On 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 my five K of memory, Acorn Electron. Well, I I watched Jungle the, Hunt on my Sega Drive. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> that was the film that famously got nicked and put online when it wasn't finished and all the CGI wasn't done. And somebody invited me to have a look at this, and I watched it. And um, and I watched it, and there were loads of bits not done, and it wasn't finished, and I, I sort of regretted watching it. And then, and then I went right. Well, I'm going to go and see it. I went to the pictures. I always do. I always go and see something. I mean, I'm not one of these. I'm not going to get on here now, all evangelical about do not download. Da da da. It's just that. I like to own copies of the films, and I like to watch them at the cinema. If it's and good, you should support I do. the art. Film. Yeah, I do, if and it's that's crap, cool. Then, that's cool. Then you don't have to yeah. go and see it after. But but when I go and but yeah, but what I'm about to explain makes you want to just download everything in sight and use bloody BitTorrent and screw the arse out of the film industry because I watched the the pirate version of this film, and then I went along and saw the one at the cinema, and it wasn't that much. Different. The oh. the effects were terrible. The, the film, the hundred and forty million on what? I've um, got a few friends who work in film. the who work in the industry, and they, you know they work on some big films, Pirates yeah. Caribbean stuff like that. So the, these guys know their way around a CGI yeah. deck, and and they were um, they were they were. I'd say scathing. I don't think they had the will in them to be that. Yeah. Because it was that bad. They were just like. But it's just one of like them. And it, if, puppy at that it point. just seems to me that we'll we'll keep an eye on it over the coming few months. But there's no director. Hugh Jackman has been offered uh, a really good film, right. and uh, and he's mulling that? it over. I'm trying to remember what it is now, but I remember it, it was on the. It was about two days ago. He got offered a role, and oh. I don't have it written down. Wasn't Go on, someone help uh, me out here. Red Riding Hood and the Huntsman, um, or something like that. I forgot what it was called. Yeah, no, that's it. Snow White and the Snow Huntsman. White, sorry, not Snow Red White Red and the Hood, Huntsman. Yeah. He's been offered, and it's a pretty juicy role. I'm apparently, he's not up for Snow White though. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. What? What? No, Snow White schnicked. And anyone who doesn't know what that sound is, well, you need to get your comic books sorted out. Come on. But uh, no, it. We'll see what happens. I hope it happens because it is a great. It's a good story. It, well, it's it's the a comics really good are great. Story. I'm a big comic book fan. It's a good story, and, um, and it uh, needs telling. But it needs telling properly. Okay. I take it he won't have. He'll still have his bone claws at this stage. Don't know. Don't know. I, I, I assumes why they're going to set it, doesn't it? Well, they may will he still have his it. three stone, though? That's what we need. <laughs> he might, he might, or might not. But you imagine it, right? I mean, wow, what a nightmare. But Right, we're on to the next one. Now, the, the next news article, I think I'll come to you, because I've been having had many drinks over in the old Fab Cafe, and I'm aware that, that this, this gentleman, Graham, has a... He's, he's quite into his action films. I do, and, um, I do like that he's seen some. He's seen some some crap that that's commendable. I mean, you know, you've seen Passenger Forty Seven as well, have you? There, I have that's indeed. that indoctrinates you into the club. I'm going. I might actually do a section on that Never in the, in the on mag. Red. Yeah, you're very funny. <laughs> yeah, you see, people are going to start watching Passenger Forty Seven because of this radio show, and I'm going to feel so bad. Um, well, you now, should go out and buy it because Wesley Snipes needs the money. Right. Sylvester Stallone has confirmed that he is directing The Expendables Two. Now. The Expendables, this is, this is it. I hate people that listen to other people, listen to reviews and go, oh, everyone says this film's rubbish and all that. I, I on this very rare occasion, succumbed to all of the hype and all of the bad-mouthing, and I did not see The Expendables. Well, for those of you listening, the minute it was announced that Sylvester Sloan was directing uh, 
Expendables 2 then. A uh, big smile passed across my face. Not because The Expendables was a particularly good film. It was it was atrocious. Why, but... Well, anybody who's not seen it, I mean, I, be, I don't... I reckon Steve's not seen this film because it's... Oh, look... He's got well, half a brain, so let me he's tell probably you not seen The Expendables. This film will probably exist... I'll probably be Do you know what The Expendables in a, in a... is, though? Yeah, it's the one where he's got all the old dudes together, hasn't he? And he's done. I the... love, I except love it. But everybody Jean-Claude listening to this show, except like him. everybody, right? I want to get on that in a second. But no, anyone listening to this show, Steve, Steve, he brings a, a man on the street, no nonsense approach to somebody. <laughs> if it's a spade, it's going to get called a spade. And no, the, his description of that film, yeah, I, I sort of felt that. But yeah, I mean, Graham's bringing sort of. Conflicts and politics to this now. What what was going on with the Van Dam? Who well, I've not seen since that amazing film where he played oh, himself and had his JCVD. JCVD yeah, played that, himself that awesome. and halfway through the film, did that monologue all, all, yeah, all, 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 told told everybody what was wrong with his life. I swear to well, you, he's what got a, a film that TV was. Show now. It's just coming out. Yeah, yeah, isn't it? yeah. It's, really, uh, it's been on. It's actually quite. Um, he's, He's, I think bizarre is the right I think, word. I think really? he's a bit odd, yeah. though, isn't he? Yeah, he is a weird, weird fellow. He, well, he's old, but he's but Stephen Seagal's old, the and odd. he looks a joke. It and was the first Van time. Van doesn't. Was, oh, odd, yeah. yeah. Not old. Well, they're both old. I think, old, I, I, think I think Stephen Seagal's quite odd by all accounts, yeah. isn't he? But he did. He's the worst actor on the planet. But there is he, that. I he, think. He did marry Kelly LeBrock when she was in her prime, and anybody that watched Women, uh, Woman in Red... Yeah, he's a lucky guy, but it's a shame we were subjected to some of his back catalogue. Fair enough. Do you know what I mean? I'm not being funny, but... Look, (laughs) my problem with him is is quite simply that I... What was the one that I saw? Yeah, I I ended up watching quite a few of these for reasons I don't want to get into here, but I ended up watching a lot of these films in quick succession because someone was watching them. Oh, my word. Sticky old beards. No, listen, listen, Hard to Kill (laughs) is the one that did me. Hard to Kill. The guy, he gets injured fighting crime he's a cop he gets put in in bed and he's obviously in a coma for six years and then it cuts to six years future he's got a terrible sticky on beard that shows the passage of time and then he gets up and straight away he's on for the people who put him in the hospital bed yeah Amazing With that no he sign could of atrophy no atrophy whatsoever. <laughs> right out of that bed, right on the case. That's trainers on, jacket on, off he went. Oh, Buddhist God mysticism grief, that kept grief. him in a... That's what I mean. I do like action films. I mean, I love Die Hard. I love, I love it when it's done properly. I think, but he's I think action rubbish. Films, action films. He's terrible. Fit into two Please defend him. Defend okay. him to me, Steven Seagal. Defend him defend now, him. please. He, he is strictly speaking. A fantastic martial artist. Absolutely, yeah. without shadow of There's a doubt. There's a lot of them. And if you look at where his early films were, he was actually, they, they had to tell him to, to slow down his moves and he had to become more, he had to learn quite yeah. a lot to, to be off. Yeah, they, don't, they because, haven't had that conversation with him for a while, have they? I mean, he's uh, not Jackie Chan. <laughs> I'm but, just saying. But my point is, is that, is that horror, um, like horror films have two very distinct categories. You've got proper B-movie schlock. Yeah. And then you've got quite, quite superior budget, I like Jet. I like really, Jet Li. Really I like Jet Li. And action films but, fall into the same, know, ca- the same ca- category. Now, the problem with Expendables was, as much as I loved it, it was very much a a big budget action film, but with all of the trappings of a schlock. 
Yeah. Terrible well, action Well, film. I love an ensemble cast. I'm a, I'm a kid who was... I grew up as a kid watching... Oh, wow, I was freaked out by the Terran Inferno and all these films. Oh, God, big yeah. ensemble cast. That's great. I love a film with an ensemble cast. It's awesome, but... But that didn't, still didn't appeal well, to me. And then he heard all the again, non- Oh, is, my word. Yeah. I'm going to say, Steven Seagal, by the way, yeah. is straight to DVD. That's yeah. all I need to say about that, dude. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Before there was such a thing. Yeah. Before there was a straight to DVD. It went when it was VHS. Straight to VHS. Straight to, VHS. Straight to, VHS. Straight to VHS. Betamax. That's who he was. <laughs> yeah. Straight to Betamax. That's him, all right. I, I, another thing you haven't mentioned, um, I, I presume you're going to get onto it, Mike, which yeah. is the um, the sad death of uh, director Sidney Lumet. Yeah, yeah. Um, died at 86, was it, yesterday? Yeah, it was early, wasn't it? Uh, I only found out about it early today. Yeah, so. um, having directed films such as Dog Day Afternoon. I didn't know he did Serpico. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, th- th- but I never get that upset about these when they pass on, because... He's he's had a really yeah, great life and he's quite old. Is... And at eighty six, it's kind of yeah, his journey's ended and he's left us with all this fantastic stuff to watch. And that's it. I mean, when I hear a director's had a heart attack at forty, like Heath Ledger, even that that was just mm, that's mm. that's a that's when it's a shock. But I I just I'm, I just hope he was happy and he's had a good time because he's entertained us, hasn't he? So. Well, Twelve Angry Men is one of one of my favourite movies, and wonderful. he was um, responsible for that wonderful as well. Wonderful film. Wonderful yeah. film. So, no, don't, oh, it's a shame, but like I say, he's left quite a bit behind for us, hasn't he? Um, yeah, the last couple of bits of news. Captain America is still reshooting, and that's usually really? seen as a bad thing. They've started a series of reshoots on it. It, it usually bodes quite badly. Because they did a lot of filming for that in the northern quarter of Manchester. Yeah. Um, and I've not Apparently, seen anyone out and get Apparently, you'll get annoyed. It is, it is, yeah. I had a conversation a while ago with somebody. I think they were uh, getting fed up with Stanley's cameos. I think it might have been Chris, actually, the co-host, the usual yeah. co-host on the show, the news editor. He, he, he's a bit sick of it. And I'm like, well, yeah, he's entitled to have them. As long oh, as they're not too on. embarrassing. Just one or two, but not Marvel every... I don't care. I watched Spider-Man 3 again the other day. Um, just, just, what, just what was his cameo in that? I forgot. He stands next was to... Was he in that? Uh, he stands next to Peter Parker and says something like, look, it seems that one man can make a difference. Enough said. And it's just, you know, when you go... It yeah, just that's, went that, that's It shit. just went too no, far that's, and you're that's, like... That's terrible, that. No, be- that, that's bad. How to do a cameo? Bruce Campbell in those films. Yeah. Funny. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, he, he played the... Hitchcock. The, the yeah, postal no, guy. The, yeah, Hitchcock, Hitchcock did this. And Hitchcock nailed it. He started well, this. Well, Hitchcock just appears, you know. like, in Dial M. He's just in a photo. Yeah. That's it, in a class reunion yeah, no. shot. And you're like, no, wow. No, he, he, he's, 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 yeah. it's, it's great, because it, his, you, you actually got quite excited looking forward to Why does, oh, um, how's he going to work it in he reminds me of Hugh Hefner for some reason though, that oh fella. yeah yeah Stan Lee is yeah. the Hugh Hefner of comic books <laughs> he definitely is but on that note I think we need to have a chat because there is actually a video game coming out and we need to talk about that and there is a massive cross cut between films and video games at the moment and uh, especially yes. with uh, uh, Alain Noir coming out, yes. which we'll discuss because Graham actually uh, was talking about about this earlier, and he he knows this. So we will uh, we'll be back right after this. <laughs>
Station. Variety. Freedom. ManchesterRadioOnline.com And welcome back. That was Portishead, as featured on the Great Expectations soundtrack. And before that, yeah, a very interesting cover version of the Cantina Band music by John Williams. And that was uh, that was covered for the... If you've been, I don't know if you've been to see it, but Paul, the... Uh, the Simon Pegg movie, and that was by Sid Masters and the Swing Ride. And there's a few bits and bobs on that, but I, uh, on the album for Paul. But I'll be honest with you, uh, again, yeah, the, the the film's not not absolutely superb from from all accounts. I've I, still not seen that film, but I can't get you past were put that off it, bit. Weren't you? There's that bit in the trailer where they got this song and the aliens dancing to it, and it's just. You see it all throughout these things, you know, like Wayne's World did it and it was hilarious. They were in the back to Bohemian Rap- Rhapsody, Queen, all headbanging. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Now every single animated piece of whatever is, it's you've got to have them dancing to some bad hip-hop track or some I, I, Macarena-esque song I with a dance. I appreciate what you're like, saying. I, I personally was put off by the fact it was a CGI alien. Um Having I even though I do I did defend in the first ever show the Star Wars prequels and I'm into into them but I do appreciate why people hated Jar Jar More of a Binks. Coneheads man then. Um, you know <laughs> I, I I just I would be, be I'd be happier if. If, if he's got to be a better way of doing it than what I I, I saw. think it'd have been more interesting if they'd done it like K-Pax, mm. and it'd have been a humanoid, mm. but you knew he was an alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and but why bother with all the CGI? That would be funny, and you wouldn't have that scene that he's describing. I know, but them scenes are... That, that's they, 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 they are but chronic, it's Hollywood aren't they? For you. Right. But that's Hollywood for you. Mm. you it's, they it, want it's just you disappointing, because to... I expect a lot more out of people like Simon toilet humour. And... Yeah, but I, I, I give you my hypothesis... The Shit. Holy Trinity, Edgar Wright. Yeah, yeah. Do you Pagan. know what I'm saying? Yeah, okay. you know what I'm saying. You've got the three of them, well, and everything you saying? they've done. I don't know what you're right, saying. Right, you, you, you. He's, he started watching right, Space years ago. Yeah, right. They, they made Edgar Wright directed did the did the program the whole lot. Yeah. Then he moves into movies. Yeah, and he's been behind the the big hits they've well, had. Shaun of yeah. the Dead. Yeah. Like Simon Pegg and Jess, Jessica Stevens worked together. Yeah. And mm. then was it Stevenson? I forget. I, I Stevenson. And then uh, yeah. Edgar Wright. Nick Frost and Simon Pegg basically have done a lot and, and it's then yeah. hot fuzz yeah. that the the Shaun of the Dead space I've not seen anything that they've done that I've not liked ever and, okay. and that's it and I loved and I've got to say if you're going to look at who who I'm not God I'm not going to have a Simon Pegg bashing session on here because he's great and I really like the guy but I'm just saying that I've seen what Edgar Wright's done on his own and I've liked it a lot I really, yeah. really did like Scott Pilgrim a lot, and a, a oh, lot. Scott Pilgrim was was it was a great film, brilliant. and and I've seen what well, Simon Pegg's done on his own, and, and uh, he's not so much. A second really. Yeah, but was... Simon Pegg just does that thing that he does, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he sort of does that sort of oh wistful sort of intelligent, yeah, yeah a bit confused geek, every man geek really, guy. You know. I shouldn't be here. I'm yeah, I'm yeah, just slightly geek. slightly out of comfort. I'm like you. Yeah. I'm just like you guys. Yeah, yeah I get yeah. that. But uh, he's not anymore, is he? 
<laughs> and that's, true, the, that's true, yeah. the point and it does show when you work you know when you, you're a musician you get this totally where where do you get the best work do you get it when they're all cushy in well, the little mansion you, 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 or do you get it when they're struggling and they haven't got a, a frank, pardon my French a pot to piss play, in plainly you, know, you get it during the, the, yeah, the aspirational defense. period of your Correct. career rather than the unaspirational period of your career you know unless you're the Beatles oh <clears> dear <throat> me oh dear me dear me dear me well, what can we say? We'll, we'll skip over that one because that's a controversial subject and it, Im- it involves Liverpoolians as well and we're on Manchester Radio <laughs> Manchester Online. Online yeah. As I forgot to, to say when we came back, you're listening I'll to Starburst Radio at Manchester Radio Online, broadcasting from the heart of Manchester. Now, there's a, a game coming radio out. Voice there, I like that. Oh, I can't stand that. You can't do a radio voice. I've been told not to. My <laughs> friends told me. They said, "Yo, you're going to go on there. Don't get a radio voice." So, why did you get one? It just happens. Be Don't careful. get a smashy voice. Yeah, apparently it just creeps up on you over a few months, <laughs> and then you you're out with your friends, and they go, "Why? What, what's up with you?" <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> I want pies right now. Um, listen, yeah. uh, just before you move on there, mate. Uh, Dave Cates mail, and he says he's a big fan of the Starburst show. I wish it was on earlier on a Saturday so I can listen to the show without feeling sleepy I would love it if the show was on between 10 and 1pm we will have a word with the powers that be but um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I we, wouldn't know about the scheduling try, of the we uh, station try, we have it on this late because of the the American audience we, there is a lot of people on the east coast that listen to Manchester Radio Online which is quite quite uh, interesting in itself but we, there are listeners about it's international because it's not being broadcast conventionally it's online it's actually the it's uh, it's got more listeners than uh, than a certain radio station that's ba- based in Manchester that that that's run by the BBC. But never mind, I'm not going to get into that. Well, it's not also, a points going contest. But our viewers are in America, and we're trying to get them viewers. say seven, eight o'clock listeners. listeners. My apologies. That's all My right. Apologies. It's been a TV and film show. Yeah, but I've not even been on TV, so I shouldn't be making that mistake, should I? I believe there's a Manchester in in Boston, is yeah. it? which is on the east coast. So yeah. you know there is a Manchester. Oh, that's all right then. Well, Ma- Manchester. Uh, yeah, Wherever I, 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 I kind of wish it was near Boston, but you know, no, this will do. But uh, yeah, um, normally we have Chris Hayes co-hosting tonight. We have Stephen Wilson, who is a host of another show, The SP, with his partner Dawn Acton, who former Corey, and they're on on Sundays. And we've also got Graham Reese, who is the manager of the Fab Cafe cult television movie theme bars, and they are situated in Manchester and in Leeds. So we're trying to have a, which, a good um, conversation about which, it. Which uh, you've got oh. one in Leeds as well, I believe. Yes, though, yes right? it's at the top of Woodhouse Where would Lane. you, um, when, when you're sourcing this stuff, I, mean, I know that you as a creator, uh, one of the creators of the Fab Cafe sort yeah. of brand and the sort of mm. the whole idea and ethos behind this, mate. Yeah. Um, so maybe one of, one of you guys can tell me, where would you go? I mean, just for people who are listening, maybe, who would like to get some memorabilia of a certain kind, where do you begin with that? We, I mean, we were in a you know, for we, sort of a we Dalek a or a... a, we, were a, a we were in a difficult position back when we were doing it because it was the 96, 97, and you were trying to get all this stuff, and you had to make a lot of phone calls to people, and then you'd, you'd speak to someone who worked on an episode of Doctor Who who happened to have a prop, and then you'd speak, and it was a difficult process. And I've got to say, yeah, sorry, eBay. It's the great yeah, I was solver. About to say, I'm... I'm um, You've got to be an eBay ninja, and I would imagine that Graham spends quite a few hours late at I, the, in the night. 
I do indeed, but in getting that light, stuff. Going as, back as, in, in as a studio owner, yeah, I do that as well. I yeah. was, uh, I was, uh, I was still in school, so the, the the ease with which I'm able to obviously I can email people and say I'm I'm representing Fab, and and it's a lot easier. So yeah. to to a degree, I am standing on the shoulder of giants. So thank you for all your no uh, previous. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's, it always you get, interests you me when I, when I go in these places. It always yeah. interests me. I just think where they got that from. Well, I wonder how much it costs, do, and you know, people do see the place or see stuff like for example I'm, I'm just discussing things with people and you mentioned Starburst magazine and then all of a sudden somebody's like oh I, I've got this and maybe you're interested in it and, yeah, we do and get they are catalysers yeah, yeah. we do get a lot of cus- customers that come in and, and it's nice for them to say oh look you know do you want this to put in the cabinet that's and excellent it, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's, it's great because it gives I think it's important when people go out I bet um, it doesn't happen at Weatherspoons. Yeah, they don't go in there and go. I've yeah. got a table for you here. <laughs> yeah, of course it doesn't. But it, I, I do think it's yeah. important that people feel a connection to where they socialise. It's brilliant. I mean, it's really important. And, oh, it, and, it's... and I, I feel we achieve that. No, and, I've got to say, and I'm not because I was involved in it. That that bar is brilliant for that. And Thank I you. go in I there now. We've done your uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, your, no, I I go in. Proud, you so. have yeah, absolutely. You go Thank in you. there, and it's a lovely, friendly place. And in Manchester, there's there's some places are a little bit well up their own arse aren't they really and you're One going very pretentious usually in a, in a certain northern quartery type area um, I'll have a lot of bars that are great around there that I really like but they, uh, there are one or two. You get some pretentious bars in Manchester, like you do, but Fab is the least pretentious bar I've ever been in. I mean, you go in there and they, they, nobody's pretending to be anything they're not, and they're just having fun listening to old music and well, and they're into what they are. And 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 you do see a lot of Forbidden Planet and Travelling Man bags in there, don't you? Indeed, so indeed. it's kind indeed. of our our customer base, isn't it? So uh, that's good. Well, back back onto the subject of this video game I was talking about before the break. Um, Arkham City, Graham. I yes. I played Arkham Asylum. I played on, Arkham Asylum on the PS3. Now it Steve's was... not a big gamer, and he's going to sit here bored for the next five <laughs> minutes. Now I just started so, zoning out. Then game, gaming, but, but, but yeah, we Arkham Asylum. Asylum. Do you like that? I went out. Arkham Asylum as uh, was a great PS3 game. I really enjoyed it. I got to say, of all the bits of it that I really loved, I did like, I liked the interpretation of the characters, I liked the voice acting, the whole thing, it was a great great, great thing, it's like cinematic, Um, I even forgave the fact that there seemed to be bat caves all over the place, where just where you needed them but but I uh, artistic license, I did there was one thing about it that I loved Yeah, I absolutely loved it, and and they they gave, in video games you get a lot of special moves, yeah. yeah but nothing's cooler than hanging upside down on a gargoyle or a light fitting waiting <laughs> for a guard to come underneath and then swooping down and bringing him up knocking him unconscious and dropping him down and then swinging off somewhere else that was awesome it was it, it's awesome. it's one of the first times in 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 a game where i've actually i remember playing batman the movie on the amiga 500 many many moons ago and that was great for its time but I remember that. But I didn't feel like I was actually Batman for a bit. Oh. Whereas this, I actually, yeah. I I loved it. My inner I loved geek it. I sort loved of it. Rejoiced, and as you see, I'm getting quite. I'm getting quite excited. No, I now, loved it. Uh, it was great, and, and obviously there were a lot of secret packages to find and all this stuff. I but like the chattery seriously, and the, and and when you jumped off somewhere and you used your cape and you just glide down to the floor, I think they pretty much nailed Batman as a video games character, and and. And yeah, you're right. You felt a bit like you were Batman. And I really like the fact that you that when he spoke, he wasn't too. Hello, I'm Batman. 
Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, we we the Christian Bale Batman voice is a a a an ongoing bone of contention in itself on this show. I mean, the fact that he actually crosses that voice over into other film roles now, I find particularly hilarious. Well, and anyone, yeah, just watch the helicopter crash scene, Terminator 4, just yeah. watch it when he calls for help. I, I, someone, at the, at the point, it just seems to me that the directors, when they're working with Christian Bale, are a bit like, oh, just let him get on, get let him get on with it, it's okay, because he's going to kick off, and he? So, so they let <laughs> yeah. him do silly voices, and it ends up in a $150 million film, yeah. But, yeah, but, they, yeah, are you looking for, but Arkham City, I heard the title, and I was like, Arkham City? It's not I, a city. Ooh. No, but I, I re- I've read the the, uh, the premise and I really, really yeah, like it. Yeah, there's that really things like are that bad that they need bigger area to contain it in, so they build a a big area to then they call well, it. Well, they turn the hollows basically into Arkham City, don't they? I, I don't recognise the hollows. Is it not the hollows? I okay. don't recognise that. That's from Chris. Okay, Chris. That's from Nolan's okay, Bat verse. Okay, they yeah. turn the Gotham slums into. Yeah, whatever. Uh, they were no. Gotham slums in that at all. That's just something he made up. But let's just say they build a big Arkham Asylum and it's called Gotham City and then we do the same stuff again, only much more and much bigger, and that's fine. No? Is it going to be a little bit more... Um, like basically a bigger sandbox effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. He's, he's, it's a bigger game. There's more to do. It'll probably last longer. Then. Do you know what? what, um, what, what but the voice what talent is still the same. Yeah. All right, so um, Mark back, Hamill as Correct. the Joker, Kevin Conroy, all these people are, are voices from Correct. the animated Batman, which, if anybody is aware of it, the, the ni- early 90s Batman... The animated one, lots of fans of the comic book and Batman, they put that right on a pedestal as the for me, holy it, grail. It, it, it really annoys me with with that that isn't treated um, by the public in general. Oh, people don't get it. A, they just go, "Oh, that Batman no, cartoons on this," and their kids it watching it. It's it in the room. They don't, they was, don't get it that. Was a, it was a incredibly good animation. Because people will not sit down and just watch yeah. something like that and get but into the story. people don't realise that actually that's why. In, it's, it, the animation actually introduced characters to the comic They did. Mythos First time point, ever. Which was Harley really, Quinn. Uh, yeah. And, and, and I mean, Harley Quinn, and Steve, just to wake you up here, is the, uh, the uh, psychiatrist um, Harleen Quinzel yeah, was yeah. was uh, looking after the Joker, and then instead of curing the Joker, she really got into what he was uh, he was up to, and then become his partner in crime and oh, went yeah. mad herself. And but uh, best, and it's best a good episode story. of that of that series, Girls Girls Night Out. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's great. I've <laughs> seen that. Anyone who's not seen it, just get some box sets of the animated Batman. They're great. They really are good. And on still on the subject of Batman, uh, final little bit of news before we go on to our movie review section and that is uh, the Dark Knight Rises it's got another star but it's not so much the star as it's given away what the story is probably going to be about okay. and if you're a fan of Batman and the comic books then this is good news because uh, it seems like they're really going deeper into the mythos of the original stuff and Ra's al Ghul is an arch enemy and right, okay. um, this guy called Josh Pence, who I'm, I'll be honest with you, he's a bit of a blank. I know his face and I've seen him in a few things. And I can't off the top of my head remember him in anything. But um, he's he's playing a young Rachel girl. Okay. But, but because of that, they've had to give some details about what it's about. And it's it's effectively going to be flashback to 30 years before Batman begins and the whole Batman 
the new Batman series began and uh, and uh, Rachel Gould, who was Liam Neeson. Yeah. Um, this is him as a younger guy. Now, in the comic books, he's got a daughter, Talia Al Gould. Yeah. And, him, and in the comic books, uh, this isn't a spoiler because we don't know what they're going to do in the film, but in the comic books... They get together. She's the head of a League of Assassins. Yeah. He's drawn to her a bit. They have the moment, and then they, they split up because obviously they're on opposite sides of what's going on. And, um, and, and it turns out that she's carrying his child. So later on, you, you, yes. yeah. and in the comic books now, you've got Damian Wayne, and he is the new Robin, and that's his son. Uh, so this, this story is quite a big story in the mythos of them getting together and all that. And it's nice to see that they seem to be going down that route and they're not going to do it. It's still not based in somewhere that's going to look like Gotham City, and that's my big big thing. But they're where... actually, what, what's, what's slightly concerning Where's it? Is it me, Michigan? Um, it started off, they filmed in Chicago, they film in Pittsburgh now. Pittsburgh, I that's believe. it. I, I don't know why I got Michigan. Um, people listening in America big, that live in Michigan, I apologise. I, I don't big, know. Big, big industrial towns. Yeah. Quite, you know, well, that's alright, yeah. Similar, I so, imagine. but it won't, it still won't be the Gotham that I... I'm getting a bit concerned with this, though, because the, the number of, of 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 characters now you've got young race you've got talia al ghul you've got uh, Joe, uh well, apparently Gog, this is a flashback you, you got what's his name uh, yeah gordon levitt has been announced as the um well the the, 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 the holiday killer sorry yeah but that's a bit of b-list character um, the, the main thing is catwoman's in it yeah and that's good and and i think Anne hathaway will do a good job and i do yeah, I'm intrigued with that. That's either going to go really, really right, oh, well, or it's going to go The good go thing really, about this, really if the, this, this show, I've, 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 believe me, so far we've we've not been booted off there yet. So I'm thinking we might be around when it's actually out, and people might be on, and they'll be getting the emails going. Oh, what was it you said? They'll quote me directly. They probably have a soundbite of it, but I I do think she'll be okay. I do think she'll be okay. Like I say, I I'm completely. Yeah open-minded about it but but it is either going to yeah. be, be brilliant or it's going to be appalling so so oh i know where i remember this guy from yeah it's true he's from um the social network oh right i okay. remember his face and now uh, and i've just uh i just recalled where he's from he's from the social network which is a good film really but, enjoyed it really enjoyed it yeah, yeah it's a good film and, and i've got to say the soundtrack was magnificent to that film so that's good so i'm thinking it's time for a bit of a break, and then and Steve can go and splash some water on his face and wake up after the geeks have been going on about their video games, and um, and we can uh, we can prepare ourselves to discuss a film and a, a, a quite an important film that links into another series of films, and I'll leave you with that thought right now. Manchester Radio Online is brought to you by Amicus Computers. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to Starburst Radio at Manchester Radio Online. And just as we went to the break, the second I'd gone off, I remembered that there was a bit of news. And in actual fact, I think Graham's got some extra news. You see, it's that bad. Chris is away. He's left me in such a mess. And now everyone's trying to take his job. I think Graham really fancies himself as a news editor. So, if Chris, if you're listening to this, because I suspect you may be listening in Las Vegas, and I'm not sure, but he's, he's, he likes this seat, seriously. But I, I fancy myself as a news editor for probably about three minutes. And yeah. Then, uh, 
self-loathing kicks in. Oh but, dear. Uh, so, so, uh, so we were talking about a, yeah, it, a game before, and then you commented bit just then as we went to break. You said, "Oh, you forgot." That's quite. There's an interesting yeah, fact there. Let's get, let's get into it's, that. It, it's it's not sort of breaking breaking because the the festival actually happened in I think believe it was um, in March of uh, 2011, but it's the um, Tribeca Film Festival. That yeah, Robert De Niro co-founded. You know, yeah, it's, it's, it's big deal. Yeah, it's the one that's yeah. the one that's not up its own arse. Yeah, yeah, that it's, one. It's a big right. deal. Okay. Well, for the first time ever, a computer game has been selected to screen there. Is well, that well, definite? Yeah. That's well, the first time ever because yeah, that's absolutely. quite big news, At, isn't it? It's massive. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's because I mean, if if anyone's listening, if, if they're not aware, the the these big budgets for films and the big budgets for advertising. Um, they they are now being quite regularly put forward onto a onto a gaming release, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you've you've got you've, you've got a situation here where I think it's uh, back end of this month. You've got a uh, games have been evolving for a, uh, for, for a while now. They've yeah. become far more cinematic. You've got a lot of uh, FMVs or full motion video sequences. That, some that people been... have argued that that some of the stories and plots on on these film on these uh, games rather have been better than actual sequels that have happened in 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 real time. I completely term. agree. I completely yeah. agree. I'm 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 a massive gamer. I love my films, but mm. equally, I, I I do think. It's, uh, especially in genres like sci-fi and fantasy, where uh, you have to go quite in depth, you know. The but why do you think that? Why do you think that the writing of these is is so much better on some levels? I'm not saying everyone, some... but some you get some great sequels. But generally, what I find happening a lot is that there is a sequel always in the pipeline for a film, and then there will be a video game that comes out, and the video game's got a better story. Than the actual sequel, for the same reason that TV shows are now, in my opinion, becoming superior to to movies, like the home box office, yeah, the HBO, can, like Dexter. You can tell a yeah, Boardwalk Empire stuff like that. You can tell a story over twenty hours that you oh, can't you yeah, can't the de- possibly the depth that you is, can't possibly tell. Yeah, so you're saying it's, it's similar in that there's forty hours of games play, say exactly. in a game, so you get lots of yeah. time to, exactly. to and flesh also it out. It's yeah. slightly more forgiving of not bad writing, but you can uh, as a gamer you've been years and years of just incredibly bad di- uh, um bad dialogue things well i refer to it as video game diatribe where where the same every you get sick of hearing this henchman going i'm going to get you soon and i'll cut you good and then he when he said it about 20th time exactly it's but but it's a bit lame isn't it you've got these games now where like i said this this has been it hasn't been picked for this festival because it's rubbish it's been picked because of the writing because it's it's cinematic well the moving Big towards yeah. that, aren't they? Oh, uh, yeah. they, 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 they? What was the game where you had to emulate all the movements? And I didn't buy this, but my, my friends, a couple of them bought it. It was the, and it was a noir game. Oh, Hard Rain. Hard Rain, hard that's rain, the yeah, one. That's hard right, Rain. Yeah. I'm glad you were here to um, remind me. Cause uh, that, yeah, again, uh, that, that, that was noir, wasn't was it? A, that was yeah, film that noir was again. Absolutely brilliant. Oops. Um, Apparently, again, you, to, you to, had totally, miserable endings, though, totally, if you made yeah. a, a mistake yeah, the, the at the wrong thing point. Was totally immersive gameplay with with it was like an animated version of the. Um, do you remember those old hmm. sit, uh, Livingston books? You know, where you yeah. had to like roll. I, the dice I remember them very well. Yes, I do. Um, it's 
it's basically that. And, and I had a friend who used to rip the bloody page out of yeah. the odd ones, you know, yeah. so that you'd uh, waste a few hours and then, <laughs> yeah, you, everyone's got a mate like that, haven't they? Was that Lee? No, 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 no. <laughs> but the no. budgets for these things now, yeah, crazy. I mean, there was an article the other day about, uh, I think, uh, EA have released the budget for the, for the, just, just the advertising for Battlefields 3 is $100 million. This is a computer game. With a hundred million dollars, hundred million dollars to, to advertise. Say a hundred million would make a film. Yeah, that's that's crazy. The advertising budget for for um, a a hundred million dollar film is probably about between fifty to eight to eighty million. Yeah, of I course, imagine, yeah, something like that. Okay, okay. This, this, this sort of gives you an idea. Of I understand. How much, you know, it's, it quite, makes me sad in that my my I love games. I love video games. I I got a ZX Spectrum. I've been there all the way through it. I've watched the I've watched the whole thing from inception right to now and seen how it's evolved. I love films as well, and that's a massive genre of mine. Obviously, I don't I I wouldn't be editing a magazine that was devoted to that type of thing if if, if I wasn't into it. And the I would hate to see either suffer because of the other, and but no. there's only so much money around, and if a company is willing to give a hundred million to a video game, they're obviously probably not going to fund a no, film. The big problem is, is that is the game it's about is obviously not anything deep in its its battlefields. It's it's shooting. That's that's the, that's the shame. It's a shame because, like I said, I think this is go, uh, going back to the the the, the Rebecca Film Fest. Festival with LA Noir, which is the new Rockstar game we're talking about. I'm actually it's, quite excited to see this game. This, this is this is a very important watershed moment. This, this it, is, I, I'm aware of I think, that. I think things are converging, and something so what, new so why, might come out. Why that game, though? Why uh, that particular game? I'm assuming there's plenty out this year. I'm, I'm Rockstar themselves are going to be bringing yeah. out at least three games this year. I'm assuming timing, budget, somebody somewhere. I'm I'm not going to be naive enough to assume that these people don't have the clout to maybe get these things going yeah. on, they m might think it might have made a buzz, I don't know, whatever the reason is Well I heard the acting important. and the, the, the story they've they've gone big on this they've, they've, they've sort of treated almost the game graphics and all the rest as something that they've got to help they've got to have to make the story work yeah. rather than well, the story I mean, to make the game work The last few that, few, 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 few few years ago, uh, Mass Effect is another great example of a game. Great, Played it and I love it. Story. Played it and I love it. And that's just didn't end up with the girlfriends that I wanted, though. <laughs> I didn't. I got. I ended up with a blue alien in the first one, yeah. and then she turned out to be a complete arsehole. Oh, and then he ended spoilers. up... Are you, are, are, <laughs> does that mean, Sorry, does that my mean apologies you... <laughs> for any of you who have not done it. Well, oh, come on, if you've not played Mass Effect by yeah, now, well, you know... It sounds like you were Kirk in this particular one. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I, I had a bad run. Different colour for every day of the week. I ended up with her, and then so I was trying to desperately to get off with this girl called Miranda in the second one, who I perceived to be, yeah, like it. She'd be, in fairness, just, just looks like my wife, you know, but that's yeah, sad, isn't it? But I'm just say saying. I know I did. But yeah. I did. So, you know, at least I kind of want being unfaithful there. But, but I they, only mentioned Mass Effect because yeah. that, that's also got an animated movie coming out um, yeah i think i assume it's going I can't, straight well i can't wait to see DVD. that but well, yeah. we might make a good stab of it they did it with dead space recently yeah. where they, they had linking linked it very well and again i think that's a movie that would, yeah oh, a, a movie i would love to well, see well i hope he leaves the, girl, uh, the blue girl it. alone because <laughs> believe me that's it no i ended up with i ended up with a punk jack the the big the big the big the girl that you think might possibly not possibly be into guys actually oh, okay, without yes. being a that's not a, a she's into aliens 
I just didn't think she might. I just thought that what what I was packing might not be the the filling that she needed in her sandwich. To be fair, but I. But apparently so. And, and, and you know, I was I was upset. I was very upset because you know she's she. Yeah, people are worried about me now. They're thinking, "Why is he hanging round with her?" Because she, she hangs round. If you don't know, she hangs round in your uh, in your apartment on the ship. So you go uh, in there, and she's just there saying little those. coy things when you go in. Oh dear. And and yeah, I'm, I'm I don't know. One too many tattoos and a few bits of bad attitude. But there you go. Okay, well, that's we're kind of done on that then. But La Noir, yeah. when's it out? Do you oh, know? I've forgotten. Because um, they've not firmed the date up because no, it's so such yeah. a big project, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. This is literally just screening. Yeah. I'm assuming it's going to be back end of the year, maybe. Yeah. Maybe before so then, if any of you out there are thinking uh, of pre-ordering, it seems like a safe bet. Get about 40 copies of it and bang them all on eBay and you'll be laughing. Yeah? I, I suspect yeah. it's going to be good. So I you heard it first here. That could be our section, yeah? What to buy to flog on eBay. <laughs> yeah, and we're we're right in the vortex. We'll, we'll, we'll get you straight. We're kind of like... We're, we're like uh, stock market tipsters, aren't we? But for yeah. for, for eBay, Does right? That mean we're not allowed to work for Rockstar. No, no, no. We get inside the trading <laughs> if we do that. Right. Well, onto the film. Right here. Last night, big moment for me. I ended up watching Machete on Blu-ray. Awesome. And anyone who doesn't know the background, basically, a few years back. Is it about four years? Five years? Four years? Uh, what, Grindhouse? Grindhouse. Uh, something like that. 2006, someone will get me wrong. If My if if, if you get the right date, let me know, because I'm, I'm brain dead at the moment. But it was about that time. And in America, you had an old tradition of these old, flea-pit, horrible cinemas, and you'd have two films on with a load of dodgy trailers in the 70s, early 80s, and they called them Grindhouses. And that's because they just carried on pumping out these films and they were rubbish, and, and sometimes the reels would go missing and you'd be watching a film and then it'd skip a few scenes and, and the thoughtful projectionist had just stuck some little thing on that says, missing reel. So then you're like, oh, is that okay, is it? Like, you could apparently get away with that then. And they decided, Robert Rodriguez, the guy who you've seen, Dust Till Dawn and lots of other great films like that. I, I personally like Spy Kids, but that's just me. And um, Quentin Tarantino, don't even have to name his stuff, you, you know it. And they're both mates and they work together on Dust Till Dawn and various things. And they decided, we're going to do this experience, we're going to film two films. We're going to do it all with bits of missing reels, a load of trailers of films that don't exist. And they did it. It was three and three quarter hours long, and you had Planet Terror and Death Proof, and they were they were released as separate cinema movies in this country and in Europe. But in America, they were released as Grindhouse one film, as intended, a double bill, a basically a double bill, like you used to get in yeah. the cinemas. And it bombed spectacularly. Which now, is in, why I assume we which, got the two separate editions. When we got the two separate, okay, because yeah. the first run in America was dying like mad, and they went, look, we got to... They'd not get in this whole thing. So they'd recorded some extra scenes for these films, which were to be included in the Blu-ray release. And they said, right, recut it, put them scenes in and release them as two separate films. Without the missing real thing, all of it just went over everyone's head. And they put them out. They didn't do that well, but I've got to say, Death Proof, magnificent. Planet Terror, magnificent. Grindhouse, I've seen it as a whole. They did it as a limited release here. Magnificent. I do understand why it flopped. 
in America, certainly, it was an ambitious project, and I guess people didn't get what it was all about. I just think it's more to do with <clears throat> Americans don't have a, a sense of nostalgia in the same way that us Brits you do. May, um, maybe right, we, yeah. <clears throat> maybe it's because, obviously, we've got quite a long, rich history, most of which we were ruling the world, and we yeah. feel quite proud of that. And then, yeah. um, so, so we look back on stuff that maybe, I, I don't know, didn't quite work right, but it was okay, and with, with a certain fondness, whereas Americans are just a case of, that's better now, so why would yeah. we bother with that? Because that's rubbish, and this is r much, much better. Mm. They're wrong, but... No, I don't, I, uh, there's, I also, there's also the fact that I don't think in, um, there's a massive sense of irony stateside, mm. you know, that Tarantino yeah. seems... On the East Coast, there seems to be people get it, but maybe in well, the Bible Belt and that sort of I, area... I, I across get it. I'm, I'm upset this week because... I'm a big fan of a series of films, and I'm, oh dear, I do, I'm going to admit it on air. I'm a, I'm a fan of the Fast and the Furious films. I really like them, and I find them entertaining. I'm, no, I know they. I know I what some people think. I just saw the trailer think. for the new one. It looks great, it looks fun, doesn't it? And 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 this is the first, <laughs> one of the first time we over the years. You've always had films over here named whatever, and if it was not a direct sequel, it's, if say they called it. I can't think of one off the top of my head, but they, they have renamed films going over to America and just called them whatever two or whatever three and dropped any taglines or alternate thing. And recently, it's gone the other way, and that was because often you'd, you'd test the film out over them. People would be like, oh, I don't get what that is, and people wouldn't realise it was a sequel to a film because it had a slightly different title. So yeah. if it's Batman, it couldn't be called The Rise of... Uh, the uh, you know, like The Dark Knight might have even confused them ten years ago. It was like that. And now we've sort of done it here. They've gone and called it... Fa it's called Fast Five over there. I get it. You've got a picture of Vin Diesel, all the rest, and you, you get exactly what it is over here. It's Fast and Furious Five. What is it? Rio Heist. To be fair... Do not dumb it down for us. To be fair, okay, Americans do not didn't do it. have something that we have. Yeah. Enid Blyton. Oh, and right. unfortunately, we could maybe be confused with a... Mm. a a modern day gang of youths with slightly racial overtones. Yeah, and it's. Uh... I see. Well, that's it. But but that that's that's all. And um, yeah, I've just been distracted, by the way, by the uh, the monitor there that says apparently the radio station doesn't have an official copy of Windows XP there. So I must <laughs> must get on quickly and, and report that to the Microsoft hotline. Um, anyway, the yeah, where where we're at with um, this machete. Uh, Machete is a trailer. It was a trailer for a film called Machete that was crazy um, about a guy that uh, a Mexican yeah, guy with Danny a big Trejo machete, the, yeah, uh, going crazy doing stuff. And and then afterwards, Rodriguez went got so many emails and letters going. That was really good. I love the trailer. That they got that much positive stuff off the trailer. They decided, well, go on then. We'll do the film. So Rodriguez did Machete, yeah. and I missed it at the cinema. It was out for two weeks, blink and you miss it, and, and I missed it, so I went, right, I am not going to ruin this, so I'm going to wait till it comes out on Blu-ray, so I bought it, beginning of the week, came out on Monday. I've got a little cinema room at home, and I was all excited, I got my little bag of popcorn and uh, bang down last night, and I, I watched it. I mean, why did, can you tell, Graham, what, uh, about the film a little bit? I've gone on a bit here. Yeah, well, basically, uh, you've got Danny Trejo plays the... Titular, yeah, yeah titular probably have to explain it because some yeah. people won't he's have a, seen his he's stuff. He's a Mexican federale, basically. And, oh, well, I, I mean, mean the a, actor, yeah. Uh, Danny Trejo has basically been in... Uh, 
because the, the the character's not real, Graham. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. figured that. Uh, yeah. you'll, you'll have seen him uh, in Dust or Dawn. He was the barkeeper in um, I'm trying to think in Predators. He's one of the but he's the Mexican guy in Predators. <laughs> but, uh, you, you find he's a Mexican uh, yeah, guy in quite a lot yeah. of these things. Uh, I mean, if, uh, if you explain his looks, it probably helps. Yeah. He, he's an odd guy, isn't he? Basically, he's a pockmarked, <laughs> handlebar moustache, long yes. hair, really angry-looking Mexican awesome dude guy. who you would never in a month of Sundays want to meet in a light alley, let alone a dark yeah, one. He's a seriously frightening dude. Intense-looking. Yeah. Very, yeah. Yeah, and... Um, and yeah, he's he's really cool. So he so he plays this Federale called uh, called Machete, who uh, he's basically against uh, my favourite action star Steven Seagal, who plays a, a, a dude yeah, called you see, Torres. See, this is the only film I've enjoyed with him yeah. in it. Yeah, and uh, and he plays this drug lord that yeah. Machete's trying to bring down, and for his pains, Machete's wife and child get uh, Killed in front of him. Yeah. I think his wife gets beheaded or something like that in in, in hilarious fashion. It's um... the beginning of the film. I was I was I sat there the first five minutes. The he cuts everything off everybody with that machete it's in the first five super... minutes. The heads are lopped off, arms, every everything you can think of. And then he goes in a room and there's a girl lay there with absolutely nothing on this this girl, and he just goes. Put your clothes on, and she just looks at him dead alone and goes, "It's too hard for clothes." And you go, "Oh, it's, this is brilliant!" It's brilliant. Isn't it? it's, uh, yeah. Well, I suppose it's wonderful. Uh, it's it's uh, mexploitation, isn't it? Really. Uh, this it's, this it's is that, that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It is. It's it's a new genre. Yeah. It's mexploitation. It's uh, it's, it's really it's... funny, and 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 Robert De Niro's in it. He is indeed. Oh is my indeed. god! But the Don Johnson, he's in it. Yeah, Miami. Um, Yes, my voice. voice. Yeah, he, he was in it, and but but I didn't know it was him, even no. though they mentioned his name. I thought it was another guy called that. No, he doesn't look like him until he takes guys, his glasses and his hat off. And he's actually there aged he a lot better than I thought he would have done. Yeah, but he looks different yeah. though. He's aged better in that he doesn't look like a really old, screwed-up version of what he used to look like. He's actually transformed like into Griffin. someone who looks a bit different. Well, he'd know more about it than you would, wouldn't he? I mean, true, he, true. he married her and... Um, but he, he, he has... I mean, he's got a history of really abusing his body. That, that's that's, that's that. why yeah, I'm Yeah, but surprised. he does look... He looks different. He looks... I, I know it's hard to explain, but he doesn't look like the same guy, but older. He just looks like he's morphed into a different Maybe plastic face. surgery, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe well, he does have a different face. Maybe he does. Maybe he does. But, well, I... I this had... A unique moment in it for me, it, it, I, I refer to it as the bowel rope sequence, <laughs> where he, he has to escape from uh, some people, so he cuts somebody in the chest with his machete, pulls their, their intestines, and uses the intestines as a rope to swing out from the window down to the floor below, um, howling with laughter. I was howling with laughter it, watching it's that. Possibly, I'm good. Yeah, you know what? I'm Wherever it's put possible, it straight, straight I have no into, idea. But straight into top movie deaths. It's wonderful. Number one with a bullet yeah. or, or a machete in this case. It's, but, uh, but it is. It is in fact. It, I was worried because I thought, well, it's it's a five minute gag, really. The trailer is yeah. a five minute gag, and it was hilarious. And there was another one about a val. What was the? Um, there was a cheerleader one in it as well that looked really funny where she ends up on the trampoline and then lands on a whatever's on top of a knife and it's oh, quite yeah, yeah. horrible. But they, they've decided to go with this one. But it's a five-minute gag turned into a film, so it's a bit... Well, it might not be. But it might be terrible. It might not be... Um, I think it is what it is. It was a... 
I really enjoyed it because it didn't pretend to be anything other than it was. There's um, a, a recent, another film quite similar, um, Black Dynamite, which again I'm, go- is, I'm catching that on yeah, your recommendation. You've is, mentioned again, it, and I will catch up with that. Similar thing. It's very knowing. It's it. It knows what it is. It doesn't pretend to be anything it isn't. And who's who's in Black Dynamite? Uh, I can't remember the guy's name now, but he he wrote it and directed it. He's no one particularly famous. This is that's that's fine. Some of these films are great um, when it's like and that. It's, yeah, it's great. It's, yeah. it's a brilliant laugh. If you've watched Shaft yeah. and Superfly, you will absolutely well, love it. If you haven't watched Shaft or Superfly, get them watched. Machete. Also has uh, it has someone else starring in it, Lindsay Lohan, yes. who's playing a crack whore, who then for some reason right I missed this. I must have blinked and missed the reason for this. But her and her mother are kidnapped. To uh, they're the daughters of the uh, of this this bad guy, and they end up being kidnapped and put in a room, and they 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 they're naked. Why why were they naked? I can't remember. They were just naked and they had no clothes, so the only thing that was available hung up because they're in like a, a this this church was was a uh, was a nun's outfit. That's so right, so yeah. so Crackhaw Lindsay decides to don this nun's out, outfit and then dish out some vengeance. Don't yeah. they decide to um, make in some kind of um, hilarious of, of, of bizarre? Sex tape or something, in, or whatever. I forget what happened now. I so. I need to re. I might have nodded off for two minutes. <laughs> I, I I just skipped and then I was like, "Why have they got no clothes on?" But it was kind of like a film where things like that can happen, and you just go, oh, "Okay, yeah. yeah." If it was anything else, you'd be you'd be uh, wondering. Well, we've got another film to look at, but we'll. I think at this stage, it's good if we we have another break. And so far, we've been listening to some really good music. Um, some of the stuff that you may be hearing and wondering, oh, what, what is it? The, the, uh, we're playing some tracks from the remix of the Tron Legacy soundtrack. And you've been listening. The last one was a Paul Oakenfield. Oh, Paul Oakenfield. Paul Oakenfold remix. And before that, you had a Moby remix. And uh, you've also you've had Nan Vernon uh, from the soundtrack of the Halloween Rob Zombie version of Halloween, which it, she was singing Sandman. That was yeah, quite a dreamy, quite relaxing. I really like that. Yeah, one. the problem is it's really hot in the studio, and 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 I can tell you, I was watching some eyes rolling then when that was on. We've also had Portishead, um, which which is great. But now we're going to uh, have some more music, and we'll be back to you in literally about six or seven minutes. Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Saturday, 11pm until 2am. Exclusive to Manchester Radio Online. All the latest movie, TV and entertainment news. Don't forget to check out our website on www.starburstmagazine.com.
What do I want? I want you dead, you sad, pathetic scrote. Hello? Don't insult my intelligence! Where are you living? Still with your mum? Nobody on the planet has got any respect for you whatsoever! Manchesterradioonline.com And welcome back to Starburst Radio at Manchester Radio Online, broadcasting straight from the heart of Manchester on a Saturday evening, which is uh, obviously not a Saturday evening if you're in America, but there you go. That's I'm sure Sunday that... Uh, now, well, we are nice. Well, Sunday morning now, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, well... I'm just getting back on the plot of films and I just wanted to say a quick word about a film that is out at the moment. It's doing the rounds and it's been on at a few cinemas. It's been held on at a few cinemas because there there are a few people going seeing it and it's not ended up a massive mainstream release. And it's it's literally the... the um, I always say his name wrong, but it's Richard... A yo, AOD. I have no idea. IOD from uh, the It Crowd. Yeah, he's been yeah. in the It Crowd. Yeah, he's Moz off the It Crowd. Okay, that's 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 easy, that isn't it? But it's his film, and it's about. Uh, it's called Submarine, and it's still on at some cinemas, and Is I think it's still at the corner house. It's I've... still it's on at the Odeon in Manchester. Okay, there you go. I haven't seen it yet. Maybe if the so manager of the Odeon um, is 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 listening, he needs to bear that in mind that I've just I'm just giving him a plug, and I'll continue to do so in exchange for free tickets. So, and a hot dog. And the hot dog. Yeah, hot dogs are all right there. Always, always big reservation, but you know you can't get butter for your popcorn there anymore. Well, I should hope not. On it's health a, reasons. It's a health hazard. You can process. at the AMC. You can get can butter you? on your popcorn at the AMC. They mm. do not care if you collapse dead <laughs> as long as they've had that money <laughs> off you, which I respect. That's great. So, yeah, Submarine, it's, uh, it's set in uh, Swansea, Wales, and it's about uh, it's a story of adolescence and um, Oliver Tate. He's played by an actor, Craig Roberts, and he's really, really good. And it's it's literally... One of these coming of age romantic comedies. He gets a girlfriend, Jordana Bevan, and yeah, it's it's told from his perspective almost like it's his movie. And it does fades, it does pans, and it moves in and out. And and you have to see it. It's a really really good film. Yeah, um, it's something I've been quite excited about. I just again, yeah, it's business. I mean, I tend to be working late and. Unless I get up to see a film yeah. in the afternoon, I tend to miss well, a lot. Unfortunately, it's it's a it's a charming film. Um, if you like films like um, Wes Anderson films, or oh, you yeah. like Rushmore, you'll you'll like this film because it's very similar. It's got it's the same sort of atmosphere. Quite, yes, yeah. it's whimsical, but but intellectual in the sa- in the same thing, but without being clever. Intellectual without being clever is okay. the best way of describing it. It's 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 great, and um, the performances are fantastic. He's great in it, and he's just been in Being Human as well on on uh, BBC One. He's it seems that uh, the star, they, they, this Craig, is getting on. He's doing Next okay. Big thing. Um, I think I think so. I wouldn't be surprised to hear that Craig Roberts had done very well for himself. But they, they the parents um, are quite good as well. The the parents in the film have played really well, and there is also a guru who um, 
who comes into it, who's the ex-boyfriend of his mother, and then things start happening there, and it causes him lots of angst. So I won't bore you with the rest of it. I'm just saying if it's if it's on near you, then uh, by all means, I, I think that you should try to seek it out. Or at the very, very least, look out for it when it comes out on DVD. Um, but it's, it's going to be on the cinema for, I would imagine, another two or three weeks at, oh. at certain places. Um, the co- Sunday sorted. Yeah, it's very good. It's a nice two hours. So, there we go. Now, just I think that's the end of, of our section on the movies. So, that's... There was um, there was something I wanted to ask you about, Mike, which is yeah. just just for the point of view of the listeners sure. um, who, who may be listening to this show, not really um, understanding um, the connection between this show, Starburst magazine, what was right. what Starburst magazine was, I suppose, yeah. and what's the relevance um, to um, this show, and what's the connection between you and Starburst magazine? So, right. I just, I, the first question would be, what? What was Starburst magazine well, in respect to Starburst magazine is the, the UK's longest-running um, sci-fi, horror, fantasy, film, TV review magazine. It, it, it was the first... You, you had some magazines like uh, Film Review and a few other magazines that deal with movie reviews in a limited scale. You'd usually get them on sale in cinemas and uh, in... Um, these way before the days the Empire was on every shelf and there were 20 different film magazines and total films and all them type of mags which are all great mags but they weren't around in in the way that they are now and if you were into say science fiction or you were into horror films or you were into um, anything that was a little bit fantasy or cult or TV programmes of that ilk there they weren't any publications out and uh, a guy who who'd been around in comic books for years called Des Skin, He's, he w- became the head of Marvel Comics UK. And how that happened was he, he started, he, he loved the idea of Star Wars and, and he saw that there was nothing catering for people that were into films of that ilk. And in a massive stroke of genius, because nobody else saw how big Star Wars was going to be, he, he started Starburst magazine literally to cater for that audience and the first issue came out in 1978 just as Star Wars had opened at the cinema was really really getting massive and look and that's great for him because this magazine was then suddenly on the shelf with big picture of Darth Vader and Star Wars on the front called Starburst and everybody jumped on board. I was a really young child then, and I got early issues of it, and I I just thought it was marvellous. It had film reviews, TV programmes. I found out about programmes like The Prisoner, like programmes that were on before I was born, like The Avengers, John Steed, and things like that, and I read about them in this magazine, you see. Obviously, before they got repeated on television. Yeah, yeah, and then then when they got repeated, I was, great, oh my God, that's that programme I've seen in there. And and it was like that, and a lot of people my age, and, and, you know, a lot of people in the 30s and 40s, they, they... they really connected with this magazine because there was nothing else. Right now, there are a lot of other magazines out that cater for it, but Starburst was the first. Now, the when the the magazine was struggling, obviously, with uh, modern technology news in a magazine, is out of date after two days. If you you print a magazine and you have a news section. If it's on the shelf for four weeks, then the first week it's kind of relevant, and then the second week it's out of date. Third week it's people are just, oh, yeah, read it, blah, 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 and they've read it on the Internet. So mm. 
my my thoughts for this was if this magazine is to survive, it needs to go online. It needs to be the best magazine online of its kind so that people can go on, log on, have it, updated daily with all the news about all the film, TV, entertainment, have multimedia on there, such as podcasts of this radio show, of um, of the the trailers that are out, any obscure thing we can find, and feature the most important films of the day. And then, obviously, with the modern society and the way that things work, talk shows are big, and the, the, the format of the magazine lends itself to this show, so... Um, been talks with uh, Manchester Radio online. They they were quite up for this, so I did a deal. And what um, what do you see the future of the magazine being? Obviously, it went into as a physical magazine. I believe it, went it had to, to stop. It, it, it had, had to, to stop, stop yeah. because it literally was the the readership was dwindling, like a lot of printed publications. They're all dwindling. All magazines. There are very few magazines that are growing. And there are very few magazines that are gaining in, in readership. But online magazine versions are going through the roof, literally. Um, and and that's the way that's the way it is. The company that used to print uh, Starburst obviously still had a few of the old people on board, but that it just couldn't continue any longer and, and print the magazine. So that's where we step in. We and we've uh, we've already put a lot of the old writing team I back was going to mention, which leads me to another point. Yeah. What's... Um what you're looking for to to achieve with Starburst? I mean, is it going well, to continue as cover, it was? No, are, we're, we're covering are you going to have the same writers? And yeah, we've got a lot of the same writers on board, and we've got a veteran that was with the magazine for 13 years doing the TV Zone column. Paul Mount, he's he's going to do a fantastic job because he always did. And these people are coming on board, back on board because they see that in this format. It can continue forever because we will promote it, we will continue it and nurture it, and all the people that are working for it are people who, who really love working for the magazine. And we've got... I'm doing the movie column on it, and I'm editing it for a while until someone else comes along who wants to do that. I'm happy uh, to pass it on, but at the moment um, it needs somebody to get the thing launched and, get it in, and keep it in safe hands for a while. I'm happy to do that, and then... Uh, and then we'll see where it goes. But we, we've got lots of columns. We've got a guy called Tony Cross who's he's literally watching every single episode of Doctor Who ever, including the old, the new, everything for the last forty years. And he's going, to, he's doing it like a travelogue. And every week he's, he's writing all his about what he's read, what he's watched, where what planets were visited, what's happened, and what all that. That's a weird one. And we've got a, a Caroline Priest is doing a. We're just about to name the column. It's a female geek chic column. She's basically going to write about all the stuff that I hate. So you have got a balanced magazine here. Um, you've got Comic World, a Brazilian steampunk column, Horror Obscura column by Martin Unsworth. Uh, uh, Nina Allen is on board doing a highbrow, highbrow horror column where she goes, she looks at horror from around the world. And like she's the sort of person who will discover something like Let the Right One In and bring it to the masses. So you'll be reading this magazine, and you'll not only be being entertained, but you'll you'll find out about a few films that you think, that sounds interesting, I might, I might want to see that. Um, there's uh, Cleaver Patterson's back on board from, uh, from the magazine doing the Fright of Your Life column. He just literally takes a horror still, 
that's quite well known from a TV program or a film, and then does you, gives you the backstory of how what that scene is, what film it's from, and how it got made. And then you've got Book World and and lots of other stuff, but lots of magazine interviews, DVD interviews. Um, if you're into anything that's a bit cult or a bit weird or horror or sci-fi, it's going to be the resource, the your best friend. It really is. And when um, it all sounds very exciting, uh, obviously, but when's it going to be launched? It's going to be launched in the first week of May. And we're on board. We're we're pretty much on time for that. We've got the the team working on the on the format of the magazine. The writers are all getting ready. They've sort of got a lot of pieces already submitted. We're ready, and we're just piecing the whole thing together. And it will go live then. And they will. They we we will be looking towards a, a printed version as well. And have oh really? Yeah. So, we will so be. Uh, there's a big call. I've never been involved in something that's had a bigger. Um, outcry of support than this magazine i've just been getting ma- email after email after email right been unbelievable and, and as i say i'll just wear well, a shameless plug here but if any of you are listening to this show you want to subscribe it's free because we're going to fund this from other avenues because we're doing it for the love of the magazine so you get on to www.starburstmagazine.com and by all means just lock, lock give us your details it's a simple button. You press the button, fill your details in, and that's it. You're you're on then. You'll be able to log on, get the site, get access to the mag, do anything you want, all free. We're not going to charge at all. So it doesn't get much better than that, to be honest. It really doesn't. I mean, if any of you have got any comments on the show or want to speak to me or go on about the, the magazine, it's jordan.royce at starburstmagazine.com. Just, just get in touch. It'd be nice to hear from you. Well, sounds very exciting. And are you, and are you enjoying doing the radio thing? I'm enjoying it. it it's it's different. It, it's very different from sorting out the magazine, which is quite a a hands off thing. In that you're you're involved in all the writing and dealing with the writers and putting it all together. But this this is direct connection. I mean, I'll be on here and then I'll I'll be I'll be at home and I'll be reading emails of people who are talking about the show and all the rest of it. Plus like something could be news this morning i can be discussing it with you this evening on the show it mm-hmm. gives us a great chance a great link with the magazine it gives people a chance to to um enter competitions and give stuff away it's it's great i mean we're seeing it as a as a, a logical extension of the magazine and yeah. both of them are going to be there and it is going to be podcast in about three weeks time and also and finally um you're going to be able to hear the show podcast from the magazine site. Am yeah, from I, the magazine it, yeah. site, and you'll be able to subscribe to it, and it will be available on iTunes in about three weeks' time, two, maybe two weeks' time. We're just getting it organised now. But obviously my co-host, who's a big part of the show, is not here until next He's week. He's in Las Vegas. And then I'm in Las here. Vegas for a week. We've chosen the worst possible time to Is this, t- to is this um, a tag team Las Vegas yeah, sort tag, of thing? tag team Las Vegas. So when we actually get back, he's back next week, me and Chris are doing it next week. Then the week after, it it will be. It could be pre-recorded the day before we go. We're going to try and do that. Um, if not, then uh, we, it'll still be a show. I'll still be on it in some format. And then uh, we then got the return the week after. And then that's our big post Vegas blowout where we're going to have stories because obviously over there it's big on the world of entertainment, news, TV. We're yep. going to be still indulging our favourite hobby while we're away, without a doubt. But. Uh, on that one, I think we ought to just go for another 
bit of music and then we should get back because you know what, Steve, you're forgetting about our bonus contentions coming up and Indeed. that is your big, massive area. Is mainstream music, is it too much of it? Is it too prevalent? Is it is it too intrusive? Do you have a view on it? If you do, email in. And uh, if you want to email into the studio, it's uh, studio at manchesterradioonline.com. And we're here, we're back with you after these sounds, and we will be debating that very issue.
somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. Fed to the rules and I hit the ground running. Didn't make sense not to live for fun. Your brain gets smart, but your head gets dumb. So much to do, so much to see. So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go. You'll never shine if you don't glow. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on, go play. Hey now, you're a rock star. Get the show on, get paid. And they say it gets colder You're bundled up now, wait till you get older But the media men beg to differ Judging by the hole in the satellite picture The ice we skate is getting pretty thin The water's getting warm so you might as well swim But world's on fire, how about yours? That's the way I like it and I'll never get bored Hey now, you're an all-star Get your game on, go play Hey now, you're a rock star Get the show on, get paid Radioonline.com. Call 0161 665 
And welcome back to Starburst Radio at Manchester Radio Online. And we're back to do our bone of contention. And as we were saying before the break, the bone of contention this week, I do feel like we need sort of like a big, big, Whoa, sort of that sounding soundbite there. You should get a soundbite. Bone, uh, bone of contention. Like a wet that. one. Yeah, we did a wet one. <laughs> a see, wet one, see, yeah. For those of you who do not know radio and audio terminology, a wet one and a dry one. A dry one, no, it's all clean. And there's no reverb and no, no reverb, echo. no delays. No. But that's when you hear people going wah 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 in a big KV type thing, that's a the wet one. That's so the we wet need a wet one. one. Yeah. We need a wet one. Right, and we want a wet one. I thought you were being rude. Hence, I giggled. Appealed yes. to my well, you just took here. I mean, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're getting there. So just before we move on to the bone of contention, Mike, I just yes, wanted to uh, ask you. You know the the um, the ident there for the odd couple. Yes. Is that the music from the odd couple? Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. Yes. Yeah, okay. That that and the the TV program. Yeah, with, yeah. Because uh, you know they were the two. There's a film there's and the film and the TV, TV program, program, which I used to enjoy the like TV best? program. Film. Yeah. Well, the TV program was all right. If I, I remember, Jack Klugman, wasn't that guy Quincy. in it? He was in that. And he was. Yeah. He him was. out of um, Twelve oh, Angry know. Men. I was a student, therefore Quincy is up there in um, my yeah, list I'm of not deities. Sure, to be honest. But, but no, it's all about Matto and Lemon. Yeah, yeah Quincy's yeah. in it, wasn't he? Oh. Quincy oh. was in Twelve Angry Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he, he was in the Odd Couple, wasn't he? TV series. Yeah, but he don't look like he didn't look like him though as much though, did he? Really? Cause well, I don't he suppose he did because he was too young. Yeah, I always think you well, can't. Was an age where he was appropriate? Was where where he was appropriately aged to pull the birds that he pulled in Quincy? Who <laughs> <laughs> that knows? Oh, that's oh, Quin- Quincy always pulled these young young yeah. lasses that were absolutely gorgeous. You think? And also, oh, he's there dear. on these yachts as if he's like. There's no way that Quincy would have in any way been minted because he was doing a job. Yeah, that did he, he, not couldn't pay that well he couldn't afford. Yeah, he, he didn't have a yacht. No pathologist. Oh, pathology. Working yeah. for coroners as a, as a yacht. But, speaking of but, old seventies programs. This, it, this is something I mention to my mates sometimes, and um, they always they always say I've never heard of it. Do you remember Petrocelli? Yeah, where he's always great. Built, he's, he's never finished the house. house every week. He and was he has and, the biggest yeah. lapels this side yeah. of the yeah, Danube. <laughs> Petrocelli, because he, he was a lawyer. They did the whole thing where he's fighting, he's for, fighting for the, for the right the good, every yeah, week, yeah. but. There were a couple of episodes where he didn't win, you see. And there was one or two where right. he found out that the guy that he was actually representing had done it. And, oh, dear. And, and that's what I mean. So that was a bit different from uh, oh, Perry Mason. That's very brave, because yeah. in those days, the good guy was good, and it was very black and white t- TV. Yeah, those yeah. Days, wasn't no, it? it was good, that. I remember in fact, I was the, quite the, upset. The good guy used to wear white, and the, yeah. the bad guy used to wear black, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> but yes, we, we do not have long, so we, we have to get on with that. With Sorry, our I was uh, digressing there with no. the um, 70s TV theme. Perfect. Listen, I'm happy to discuss Jack Klugman and sex all night long. They go hand in glove. Yeah, they really do. Oh, don't die now! I'm not. I draw the line at dragging Lionel Richie. Mine into was this. rainbow. <laughs> Okie dokie then. Right, so mainstream music. They used to be. They used to be fine. You just used to have a movie soundtrack for a film. It would be quite orchestral. It could be someone like John Williams or somebody else. You would back in the day have a film. You may have one track. Here, there. You may get you get the soundtrack album. You'd be all orchestral, and there might be one track on yeah, there or Bert two tracks. Yeah, Yeah, you might have one at the end, maybe, or one incidental. You'd be if you had two on the soundtrack. That was quite. That was seems as quite uh, quite exceptional. And now the you have two 
soundtracks. If I go to see a film, I generally, if it's a certain sort of film, there are still some films that just have orchestral and don't have a lot of that, but most films, there will be the movie soundtrack and then there's the music from the movie. I believe that's that's how most of them are, are badged now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it's... Original yeah, motion picture soundtrack and then and then you've got you've got the other thing but on some levels is is this a good thing are you into music and you go and you watch plenty of films and you must have seen this happen the, the difficulty with with this whole um this whole subject now is because musicians have difficulty um have difficulty with in income streams now yeah you see so movie soundtracks for the musician are a lot more important than they ever were. I know but a band no. who who got paid for uh, a track on a, a few tracks on a film, and in fact, I know two bands that got paid for that. Well, you know three now because one of mine got paid Yours for a little indie paid, film, I, yeah, I years ago. That, and yeah. um, oh right, and it was probably the biggest payout we got on our um, on our publishing deal, particularly with that particular band. So to you, you understand why it happens. So it happens, and it, well, it, I'm just I'm just pointing out that to, the, to, to, to some bands, does it happen for artistic reasons? So. Well, no. And here's, see, here's the rub because basically, um, it doesn't happen. Um, I mean, it's great for a band who are sort of up and coming and a bit skin. They haven't yeah. got the um, you know, so, so it's a great income stream from from the publishing point of view, but. On a cynical point of view, yeah. using um, old classic tunes constantly, mm -hmm. rather than doing the Tarantino thing, which is introducing songs that possibly you wouldn't have heard in, you know, in your sort of yeah. um, collection. I think he does that very well, and yeah. I think that's a bona fide great soundtrack to a movie. Yeah. And I think he uses it to its, um, its absolute zenith of advantage. But um, the cynical sort of thing, where they're just using... A bit of Elton John and a bit of this, and just a feel-good thing here and there. Well, and have you seen the, the more I teen I find movies, that, uh, the, the sort of teen movies where literally the soundtrack, like I saw Adventureland and and films like that, yeah. where where there's they, it's almost like they've gone right. They, we're going to bang all this on the soundtrack just for the sake of it. Yeah, sometimes, and but I, that's where it gets a bit irritating. I think what annoys me with that is isn't actually the I'm okay with the use of the music within the films. They're often yeah. done very well. Adventureland's a great example. The music in the film was great. Sometimes you get a director that's actually come up with, or right, to come yeah. up with a scene that, with that in mind, like, oh, this would play well with this music. Here's, here's an example. Uh, just just so you know, for instance, um, Breakfast Club. Yes. Right? Simple Minds. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't you forget about me? It was written by the director of that movie. Yeah, well, it I mean, wasn't written by Simple Minds. You, yeah, you can't, you can't. Well, you can't argue but, with that, can but you? But it broke Simple Minds in America. Yeah, but you can't argue with that. Can so you? that's mean, a very positive but, thing for the band but, and for the film and for the director. Yeah. But you can't argue against that particular thing. But if, on a cynical point of view, when you've got when you're just just throwing. Um, populist music at a movie cynically just so people go oh I love it I like this song oh let's I get them by, by the movie soundtrack things. I've seen it both yeah. ways I over the years two things one that's a great example but again I think going to the the, the sort of the, the bone of, ten, uh, of them contention here that was actually used in the movie and then the soundtrack it was on the soundtrack which yes, is fine it was. because yes, it's in it the was. movie absolutely I, I, it was I don't have an issue with that um, but also it's it's a bloody good song. Yeah. Now it's where there's a lot of stuff that's used that is, is frankly rubbish. It's it's third rate. I, I mean, the, the the worst offenders is a lot of new metal gets gets used in. Um, I think the last one I saw with it in was uh, 
probably I think Skyline was probably the, the is this the to sort of you, you, oh, is yeah. it to sort of uh, appeal to the youth market cynically I'm choosing that as an indicative yeah just, film uh, that's like nature. a return to Vietnam and then mentioning what, that film what to these me. films do they just throw in a alright oh, we'll throw in a, a really shouty sort of metal tune which th- these things don't lend themselves to so they're the ones that you you hate videos. it happens a lot in fight sequences doesn't yeah. it yeah it happens a lot in that that type but, of fight sequence. But if you uh, you can use dance music as well. Now, one of the great examples of dance music being used in a fight scene is the uh, opening of Blade. Yeah, and in the club, fantastic use of it. Uh, it's is what I mean. It, it phenomenally can. well done. Yeah, but that's a skill director, and I dare say the music was written specifically for that scene. No, no, so it wasn't. It was. It was actually the that was uh, New Order. Right, and you should then you, you know yeah, so. New Order actually did that. That was the full six minute version. And um, the New Order wrote that, and they didn't write it for the film. It had been out donkey's years, about eight years right, at the time okay. when that was out, and they used it. But but again, it was it was still, even though it wasn't written for the film, it was skillfully yeah. used. It, but it was perfect. And there I mean, are a host of directors that do this very well. I mean, Tarant- Tarantino is the undisputed master of using mu- music. Tarantino films, is absolutely superb uh, on this. The new, the new boy on the block. He's block, very block, good. Block with this, really, and there, there are still there, there are people that are doing this well, but there are yeah. a lot that are doing it really, well, really bad. I think, I think there should be a point where, I mean, almost um, where it needs to go back to um, commissioning musicians to do specific. Yeah. songs for specific movies like you've got a Midnight Cowboy for instance and, and yeah, films yeah. like that um, um, was it well, um, The Graduate I was about to say yeah. The Graduate is, is a fine example Staying Alive Staying Alive is um, one of the biggest films yeah. of the 70s but that's um, a musical-ish I it's mean, not a musical well it's kind of it's not it? a musical though is it I mean so there's no so miming in it is there it was a song about well it, uh, it was a film about about a dancing, actually. Group of people yeah. who happened to be within the disco that. scene in, in but New York at the time. I'm, I, I, what I'm, what I'm, I'll be more. I mean, look. At the end of the day, the, it's always going to be used. Popular music is always going to be used in movies, yeah. right? In it, to to to, a, to its highest advantage, which is just to basically sell the film, sell a bit of product, sell more um, uh, merchandise for the film, and it's always going to be used cynically like that. But there's not much commissioning going on. Apart yeah. from, I mean, even even some of the uh, incidental music is just being bought off shelves now. Yeah, you know, literally. Right, what do you need? Well, we need a scene. We need we need something for a scene that's going to be a chase scene. Oh well, this piece will so do. So see, um, the the this this artistic use of it that fits with the actual film is at the crux of how I feel about it. And and the sucker punch was. A, a ballad of a, it was a perfect combination, a synthesis of the the actual vision on the screen and the music, and the well, two went so well that you knew for a fact, and there was no doubt in my mind watching it that he had deliberately storyboarded some bits to that mix, mix in with it. Does that mix both original music, as in pen specifically for film, with? With music, yes. well, I gather the, the yes. people yes. have been commissioned it, it it to do certain colours well. and stuff. Very much like the yeah. Crow. If you remember the Crow, I do. And you had um, was it Nine Inch Nails who did the Joy Division yeah. song? Yeah, uh, stuff like that. That, that. that was that, all commissioned again, again for the again for the, that's for the movie. fine. But uh, I'll we'll break for a bit of music. But there is one other thing that I know a lot of people find a bit annoying. And having, but I remember speaking to Graham once while we were having a drink. Uh, about this, and we'll get back to that in a moment. 
my baby Here she comes now Walking with a love, with a love that's all so fine Never could be mine, no matter how I try Manchester Radio Online is brought to you by Amicus Computers. And welcome back uh, to Starburst Radio at Manchester Radio Online, broadcasting straight from the heart of Manchester at a very late time on Saturday when everyone else is getting absolutely slaughtered. But hey, we love our art, don't we? So, Steve, you what? look like you were having a mental breakdown. I then. was having a mental breakdown because that David Bowie song is absolutely curry. Oh, it's off Lobby Rim. It's off Lobby Rim. There's an example of why. Um, that why, was written why sometimes, for that film, though. Why sometimes it's not a good idea to get a big artist such as David Bowie to write a tune for a. Ch- it for, was for, in for, the for film, it. Steve. I know, the it film was, was crap film. anyway. Oh, that's yeah, not a popular that's thing my to say. That's favourite film. Jim Henson. Oh, right, is, so is, I'm, I'm offending your niece as well as you are. Absolutely. <laughs> and she's not no, look, 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 honour, so I will look, step in. Let me just oh, my tell you, I mean, look, Bowie, Bowie comes from Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars yeah. to twiddling some chrome balls and singing that chronic pile of doo-doo over there that right. I've just had yeah, coming out of the speakers. Right, children liked it. My Okay, word. well, I'll, I'll give you this. If, if, if children like it, children can go and see but it. But after that, there was Cat Stevens. That made it right. Well, you c- like Cat the, Stevens. Like the Cat it, Stevens, it, In the interest of balance, yeah. I think you did all Off right. the soundtrack then. of Rushmore, which is an awesome comedy. But I was about yeah. to say before we went to that break that I'm with uh, a film Mission Impossible going back in the day. Like When was that? 90... Oh, God. Late six, 90s. Uh, 97. Mid, mid, mid Oh, no, I told that about ninety eight. I should know that, but I've forgotten. A um, 
it basically there was a soundtrack came out for the film and I this was the first time it happened it had not been done before but I, I got the soundtrack to Mission Impossible and listened to it it's alright and then I'm listening and then I noticed all these asterisks oh, there were there were six there were 12 tracks and there were six tracks six tracks didn't have them and six tracks did so I thought alright oh, what's this then was and it been it, remixed and it had that stupid little thing on it didn't it which was like conspired by the film inspired yeah. inspired uh, by the movie doesn't yeah. actually uh, is not actually yeah. featured in the film and I thought yeah. Oh my well, god! Why is and it then, on the then? Two, and then it got that started happening all the time. And then about about uh, a year later, I remember, and I, I, they started to be some albums where they'd, if a film was huge, yeah, and it, and people had bought, gone out and it had done really well, they'd bring out a volume two soundtrack. Yeah, and the soundtrack would be totally music inspired by. Yeah. yeah, and not even in the film yeah. at all. Yeah, but the, well, what you got to understand there is, is, is because oh, it, you've got all monkeys. these that B, is BMG, crazy, isn't it? B, BMG are owned by Sony. Sony have got a lot of um, tentacles, obviously, in the film industry and the gaming industry. Oh, man. So how it's do all, they it's choose all, them, though? I mean, how do they choose them? They go in a room and they go, oh, bozo right, somewhere. This is say, this is say for the second um, volume of, of, say, My Fair Lady or something. Oh, you know, in, back in the day, say they were doing this in the 60s. You know, how well, do you, they weren't, how really. Do you choose? Well, the they weren't, and that's what I mean, because they have more sense. And, and now well, they're doing it, and they just choose... They, like, I remember the Mission Impossible soundtrack, because there was a song on it, and it, oh, the only thing it had to do with it was that it had the word right. spy. Mike, in the Mike, lyrics, Mike, yeah. Mike, 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 listen. Crazy. What you need to understand about this is it's very, it's, it's very cynical machine selling you because you, you, the masses are asses. We yeah, know that, I get right? that. And they will buy this, but if they're not music fans and they're not sort of like into into music, right? Yeah. They just buy it blindly. Oh, I got the soundtrack. The soundtrack too. It were great. Play it in my car. I love it. So. That, that's where you're at with this. They don't like music, these people. But it's amazing. But it's amazing that you can watch a two-hour film and then buy three hours' worth of music from it. Well, it's, it, it, it's that's a, amazing. It's that. a crop, that's isn't it? That's almost like, like folding time. That. It, it's, that's it's, where it's, I get annoyed really, about really soundtracks. Because no, I hate that. Movie soundtracks I hate that. Were and still are when they're done right. Uh, I mean, look at what Lalo Schifrin did. Uh, absolute Absolutely, artist. yeah. He's an artist. It's super Absolutely. stuff. Uh, yeah. John Carpenter. Say what you want about him as a director. And he did his own yeah. music for his own films. Dead simple on a yeah. little Casio thing, and it sounds amazing. Great, it's a good job he didn't have a heart attack halfway through one of these films. You've got it, the uh, <laughs> director, Steve, his wife starred You've in got it. some he, absolutely he unbelievably seminal, um, s s seminal uh, Blade Runner. Yeah. Clockwork Orange. Yeah. All of these, right? brilliant soundtracks that you can actually sit down and listen to and not sort of think, oh, I'm listening to... Queen Highlander. Right, listen. Yeah, right. you see, yeah, that's it again. <laughs> at least, at least they did make it. Though, they made it for the film, though. They did so make I it for the film, and you know what? That. I'll give them that, even though I watched Highlander just the other week, and, yeah, the music was a bit intrusive on the film, I thought. Sometimes, yeah. It's like, wow, we got but Queen. A bit where his, his wife dies, and yeah, yeah, that yeah. was quite nice use of it. Really it was, but, that. you know, it literally got on. I was like, I'm going to I mean, I'll be honest, it still stacks up, though, that film, even with the music. I do like that movie, actually. Yeah, but, I mean, we're I was thinking it can be, it can date a film, or it can pin a film. It totally depends. I think it totally depends. If a film is contemporary... 
Um, say it's set in 1980 and you have a bit of 80s music here, there, now. Not obvious 80s music, but enough to give you a feel uh, that it can, it can help cement point, the, point the time. Point Blank's a great example. Breakfast yeah. Club. Yeah, Breakfast 80s. Club, yeah. yeah but Breakfast but that was contemporary, contemporary, though. Now, that, yeah, yeah. now, what I was about to say, yeah. the two things that matter when... But it looks like 80s. Dates, the, it looks like they've made an 80s film now with oh, the right, soundtrack okay, in there. Yeah. Yeah. If you yeah. make a retrospective film, like a 70s <clears> film now or an 80s film now, you have the benefit of hindsight and you know what people expect it to look like or what they expect to see the 80s look like therefore it will have an 80s feel to it it has takes a very very good film and the ones like say you've got the breakfast club back to the future manages it yeah. when you watch them and they they don't appear dated they just appear of 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 their time but you see certain films that were contemporary you know mm. made at that time sure. and and they are horribly dated because they use some music. They use mm. bad music. They used mm. um, well. They use music where the the, yeah. the the idea was that probably the band's going to go on to something big, and it just didn't exactly. sort of happen yeah. for them, did it? And that's that. You can, it's difficult to tell that, and and they do make you a know. Mistake. It's a funny thing in these movies when you see this band in the background. <laughs> You yeah. know, out in a club, okay. and it, it sort of like the, the scene starts with a shot of the band. Yeah, and you get half a song, them, and then, it, then yeah. it sort of pans off, and then tracks over to something happening. Yeah. And you always think they're not they're not a band anymore. Then what are they? Now one of the greatest. No. Films. I saw, I saw so there's a few bands like that in some of the, the later Hammer horror films. Like there was the one the there Dracula is as well. But you know, I think the small faces, the small faces, is something yeah. like that. And though, you, you get know. you get stuff like that. Really? There's a band called yeah. Stonegrass. Cool. That, that were, I, I like the Christopher Lee Dracula films, and they did the Dracula AD 1972, and at the beginning the, there's a crazy party where there's a rave going on, and it's a band called Stonegrass, and they're just a bunch of hippies on weed and Stonegrass. smoking. <laughs> yeah, Stonegrass. And, and, and they were a real band, and they're in the credits, and like you say, same thing, I'm thinking, I like to think they're still yeah. there. They'd be about 60-odd, but... Well, Maybe in, they are still in getting of, together. Uh, Apparently, uh, they wouldn't have got off their asses know. and done any music by the time. No. They, <laughs> no, no, <not> <laughs> just eating like pizzas and watching telly. The police came and broke it up, you <laughs> see. Oh, right. Like, yeah, in the film, anyway. Film that um, encompasses this band thing and goes to cameos as well, uh, yeah. we were discussing earlier. Uh, Superfly. Kurt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Curtis yeah. Mayfield was commissioned to write the entire mm. and the album Superfly is unbelievably good. And there's a scene where it's Curtis Mayfield and his band playing I thought I forgot what song I think it's Freddy's Dead they might be playing but it's uh yeah, it's, yeah, it's so awesome it's unbelievable you know they just stood there and it's it's a great cameo it's a a really great sound soundtrack, great film. You know. Well, I feel that they, we're about to wrap up now. We're actually uh, we're not going to run too yeah. crazily over this week, but the we've actually got a result here for once because I I, I think it's safe to say that we've come to the conclusion that. It's just got to be part of the film and yeah. not some ridiculous add-on. horned in, yeah, in a, in a on, on, a, on a CD, and then we're happy then. Yeah, if it's used yeah. well and it's not original to the film, yeah, then then great. If it's used, provided it's used well, yeah. Look at Tarantino. Look at Zack Snyder. And not chosen yeah. by the makers, no, producers no. of the film, look just to sell an extra actually, album. Yeah, it's yeah. part of the it's part of the director's vision, and it fits. That's yeah. great. Or if it is written specifically and commissioned for that film, specifically based on what is there, and therefore the writer of of the music has the the director's vision again in mind. Yeah. No, I think that's 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 fine at that stage. No, I think uh, I think it's safe to agree that that's. Uh, that's how it should be. But it is a shame. It is a shame, and I do agree that while there's money involved, that you will often get people 
knocking together an album like that at, at short notice just to get extra money out of people. And oh, that's, cool. yeah. that's where the cynicism comes in. But, uh, oh, I don't know if you can hear that, but that means that uh, our time is at an end now. So I'd, I'd just like to thank you, Steve, and uh, you. give a quick plug. Yeah, um, me and Don tomorrow night on the SP between 10 and 12. We'll be discussing something tomorrow. I'm not sure what yet. Um, Okay. But I'm sure that we'll um, we'll, we'll cobble something together. Right, well, next week Chris is back. Thank you, Graham. I hope everything's well at Fab Cafe, and I hope it's all good. We've got a bone of contention next week all about Lost, and that'll be really good. I've been Mike, he's been Steve, and he's been Graham. And we'll see you next week.
Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Saturday, 11 p.m. until 2 a.m. Exclusive to Manchester Radio Online. All the latest movie, TV, and entertainment news. Don't forget to check out our website on www.starburstmagazine.com. ManchesterRadioOnline.com. Call 0161 665 555.